0: Scott Paul's Ramblin' Podcast. Hello. Scott McClaren here, joined by my good friend and co-host, Paul Brown. Hello. And I say, as always, and by always, I mean the last five years, Ooh. because we were recording this on Halloween uh, of 2022, obviously, because this is for people watching, listening to it back, whenever. Uh, whenever in the future. But we recorded our first episode. It wasn't released the same day I tried to, but I couldn't get it to upload at the time. But... We recorded our very first episode on Halloween of twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: <laughs> our podcast. I, our... I didn't even know it was Halloween, and I, I yeah. just knew it was, you know, I <laughs> knew it was a day. It was a day. Yeah. Well, it's the bare minimum you can know about something is that it's a day. It was a moment
0: it in was, time. Mm-hmm. It was a moment in time, <laughs> and that moment is time is split too many other moments in time of us rambling and then not being able to ramble because of the pandemic, and then. We could we could write a book. Yes, we could. We don't could. know, don't know how many people would buy it. Lots of
1: cool pictures in.
0: <laughs> Excuse the noise, by the way. If you're in, if you're into your ASMR, you might hear some rain noise in the background because it's currently pissing it down outside. It is, but it's good. It's good for some people. Well, it's good if you're not in it.
1: If no, it's great if you're in it too.
0: Well, I don't believe so, but you know, do each his own.
1: Like I say, the way you feel about that is the way I feel about the sun.
0: I mean, I'm not always the good of it getting in the sun when it's when it's roasting, so I have a weird relationship with
1: the weather, but I don't want to get into that right now me too <laughs> i hate I hate the hot weather I like the wet weather and the cold and the dark. It keeps more people out of my way <laughs> yeah but we do you, mean? you don't even go anywhere at the best of times. yeah, I know, but when I do have to go places, it's better if we're not in my way <laughs> and if it's raining, we're not in my way. I'm a very people person. Are you though? No, 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 no. Okay, no. no. oh, so why are you even bothering with these with these lies? <laughs> <laughs> why? Well, I love everyone as long as they stay out <laughs> of my fecking way. Yeah. Well, you are like me enough yeah, I enough, you. enough enough to do this podcast. For yeah, long I like I you. You're cool. Thank okay. you. You're good. You have you have managed to become one one within the circle, <laughs> a very very small circle.
0: Yes. But Bo, would you believe that? You know, when I asked you, hey, do you fancy doing this podcast uh, with me? Like, we didn't know what we were going to be talking about. We knew there'd be some wrestling and some other stuff. We <laughs> just we just kind of,
1: for want of a better way of putting it, we just kind of winged it the first time. Yeah, I mean, we, we pressed record and went, ha ha.
0: Yeah, I think we had general ideas the first few episodes. I mean, we knew we were going to, like, ramble on, but I guess, to say. Like, we thought it was nice to find subjects we could ramble on about. Mm. And I think we've gotten better at that at least basically the last couple of years. I think so I think we've found a formula when we found where we say to you like this is a subject we're going to r- ramble on about, but at least it's it's rambling with a purpose if there is such a thing
1: well through through the rambling with a purpose and I will say quite honestly because I know a lot of people in the in the in the surrounding world do it I have found many many useful freebie streams to watch my wrestling on because I can't afford my wrestling the old fashioned way. <laughs> So, I take advantage of the modern age. Free streaming? Yeah. Like I say, you can think what you want about the modern age, but there are some benefits, and we
0: should all be allowed to take advantage of those benefits. Hell yeah. Like Free that.
1: streaming to watch wrestling? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Free streaming to watch cartoons? Because I'm a big kid? Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Cartoons are awesome. Yeah. Like, that was like, I remember when they Plus launched so many people were watching all sorts of different things, all this new content, and everything. I'm like, nah, I'm a mean, kid who likes cartoons, and they, and, Disney owns Marvel, which means they have access to all the old Marvel cartoons, and they're all there for me to watch on the net. And all, the, the, all
1: plus. the old Scooby Doo cartoons and whatnot before the modern world decided to fuck with them. Yay! And, and also,
0: also I realised oh, they also Disney plus also owns The Simpsons, which means I can watch Simpsons up until a point. Yeah, up and, until a point. Until a point. Well, the common this I've seen people say is that they say the bit the bit
1: where Simpsons went to hell is after ten or maybe twelve seasons. I don't. I don't believe that, because I don't believe it gets good until it's into a couple of seasons. I believe the first couple of seasons are, for want of a better word, garbage. I don't like, I don't like the first season. No, I First have... season's crap. So is the second and the third. It doesn't get good until at least into the fifth. Hmm, I disagree. No, because it really doesn't. It gets good in and about the fifth, and is good up until about the twelfth, and then it can fuck off. Because it's round about then it starts getting all kind of annoying. And The Simpsons... Anyone who's a fan of The Simpsons can claim otherwise. But you know what? Quite frankly, they're wrong. And we they know they're wrong because The Simpsons are a load of woke garbage nowadays, which is why I don't watch it. I mean, I don't watch it because it's not funny, to be yeah. honest with you. We have different reasons. but I liked it when Homer was nothing more than a blithering, idiotic alcoholic. And nothing more. I mean, to be fair to you, They've been here, they're, they're in 30 odd seasons now. Yeah, and we they, are and getting to the point where they can't take the hint.
0: Well, I don't think they can't do that, it's just some idiot Fox just keeps giving them more seasons. Just let it go, man. Yeah, let it go. Like, you did a film about it after the film, that's when
1: you should have stopped. Yeah.
0: You get a film, that's after- when you finish.
1: After when fucking Hank Azaria decided to be a coward and not want to voice Doctor Nick anymore, or whoever voiced Apu didn't want to voice Apu anymore. No, that was Hank
0: Azaria as well.
1: All oh, right, so yeah, we, yeah, he yeah, like it's like six people doing majority of the uh, the voices with some exceptions. Yeah, well, that was the that was the nail in the coffin then when he decided he was going to be a woke little bitch and decide he's not going to voice characters anymore because it might offend someone. Yeah, that's when it died on its arson at that point. Can we, can we not talk about this? To start listening. We're not here to moan a bit. Walks so if we're here to talk about the podcast. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. I rant because I am passionate, man. Mm-hmm. I rant because I'm passionate. I'm passionate about the show. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about the modern age, and I'm passionate about the Simpsons being rubbish nowadays. <sighs> it's just it's it's very saddening to me. It makes it makes me it makes me seem better. It really does. It makes what me do you mean make like a mean better? better individual? I guess maybe that's because you are in
0: some cases a better individual. No, I'm not better. Are you sure about that? I'm twisted. <laughs> but in some cases that manifests into being better.
1: Only, only slightly. Only
0: slightly, on occasions like,
1: well, today. Look, i found another little lighter. Aren't I good? Mm. Do you want to hang your head on that one? No, that's the biggest achievement I've had in a day. Oh, isn't that just a sad fact? no not really
0: yeah this is the kind of content you've been listening to well obviously for five years you might not have been here since the beginning but most people have been listening to for a certain amount of time over the last five years yeah and for some reason if you're listening to this then kudos to you for sticking with it ramblings of a man who doesn't like certain aspects of modern culture and a young guy who couldn't give a shit but somehow the, the mutual love of similar shows and wrestling, they managed to stay
1: friends somehow. You, you gave you gave such a kind and glaringly almost false description of your colleague. Where I I have problems with all aspects of modern society. I just deal with it. I'm trying to I'm trying to be <laughs> I'm trying to be
0: the most diplomatic. By you know I could have just called you a bitter old bastard, but you're not old.
1: You're just a bastard. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a bitter bastard. I'm a bitter middle-aged just to turn two years away from 40. Mm. Fucking, I am a bitter, bitter
0: individual. It's still, it's still... I still find it bizarre that we we are, despite the age gap between us, that we still remain such good friends.
1: Well that's because I am not much like a giant child, Scott. You know this. I'm a giant, petulant, moody child that smokes too much.
0: Pretty much, yeah. That is a good, that's the description of it. But, you know, every year we try and think of something, you know, Somewhat exciting to uh, to celebrate the anniversary.
1: I found my hat! Does that count as a celebration?
0: No. <laughs> no. No. no.
1: Oh! Oh! I have biscuits to celebrate this 5th year with! What kind I of have biscuits? Ginger rings! <laughs> they don't sound too clever, do they?
0: Everybody knows that uh, 5 years is a ginger anniversary. Oh, what a nasty anniversary. <laughs> Around 10 or so years is bronze, thirty-five is silver, and 50 is gold. Everyone knows this. The fifth one? You have to suffer the ginger. <laughs> suffer the ginger also sounds a bit
1: horrible when you say it in that context. <laughs> no, <laughs> It was really <the> intense. <laughs> but... You know I never say anything to be pleasant. Like, first year,
0: we uh, we did a wee conversation with Craig, and we also tried doing a weird watch-along of a Fraser Crane episode, which I don't think worked out the way <laughs> we wanted it to. No. Yeah, no. we. Didn't we uh, just get drunk? Well, yeah. you yeah. more so
1: than me. Yeah,
0: but we were more like, more so laughing than commenting, which you should do during a watch on because we were watching
1: Freezer Crane's day off, and we were just quoting stuff as it was fucking happening. Well, we were doing it. We were doing an all to episode because it was like as if it was our day off the way we were fucking doing the recording. Every day is a day off on this show.
0: <laughs> Second, to, yeah, I think we mainly just had a chat and then in a two-part thing we watched Monty Python and the Holy Field. Yeah, that was cool. Which you and I, we only watched it for the for the fun of it. I said to you before, and I could have done a. I could. I'm confident I could do it. Recorded a full review of the of the film without having to watch
1: the film back. Are you saying knee to that old woman? Yes. Oh, what dark ties <laughs> we live in with passing ruffians can say knee to <laughs> old women.
0: Well, you 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 are very much like Dennis. That's part when you talk about your age. An old woman, ma'am. I'm 37. I'm not old. Can't just call you man, could call me Paul. Didn't know you were called Paul. You didn't want to find out, did you? <laughs> yeah, I'm like this. And I'm sure some people, when King Charles was appointed, are like, I'm your king, I didn't vote for you. <laughs> I believe the third year we couldn't do much because of the pandemic, uh, but I think we just will had to be recording. She, our... She's rich,
1: she's beautiful, she's got huge
0: tracks of land. <laughs> I think we, technically, the third year anniversary was spent reviewing SummerSlam 92. And maybe what, what? And finding out what, what,
1: what I pretty much a one match per that show is. Yeah. SummerSlam so, slam ninety two? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, last good like that's got that crappy money and L O D match where Hawk is drunk and animal burnt his leg on his motorbike, didn't he?
0: Still somewhat better than one of the two of the other matches. It's better than fucking Nails and uh, Virgil.
1: Yeah. I watched it I was watching a wrestling thing on YouTube all day. It was talking about famous receipts. Ah. Virgil got one OM mm-hmm. at the nineteen ninety-four Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. When he came in to said Royal Rumble, overstayed his welcome, which was apparently Virgil's habit to do. You know, I mean just ask WCW. <laughs> you know, Or any any train station where he decides to set up his merchandise stall. But anyhow, he came in and, obviously, Big Daddy Cool Diesel was a heavy favourite in that Royal Rumble. Uh-huh. He came in, stayed longer than he should have, plugged Kevin Nash with a couple of stiff shots, to which Stephen Nash promptly turned him around and elbowed him several times in the head. Did you just called him Stephen Nash? I did, I did. <laughs> yeah, But, no, he promptly turned him around and elbowed him stiffly a few times in the dome and then threw him out. Fair enough. But... <laughs>
0: I think last year we just got drunk and played Frasier monopoly. Yeah, that was fun. We just basically it's an audio version of that. I'm trying to keep the conversation, but then it's like, oh, oh, I've landed on the cafe nervosa. I won that game. No, then I did. You won the free- a few we, a while after that. You and I played. Well, uh, along with Brian played friends monopoly. I think you won that one. Yeah, I won that one. Yeah, we didn't record that one, but it was fun. Yeah, I won. I know you did. I won. Where did you go in that game? You remember? I can't remember.
1: Probably Rachel. Oh. Most probably Rachel. I think you're I was. Ra- I think Rachel's I was, my character.
0: I think I was Chandler because I as I, I would become more of a sarcastic arsehole as I get older. Oh, so you, I you're, I identify with Chandler.
1: You're the burnt out uh, alcoholic loser who can't stop bitching about everything. Then. No, I'm not, i didn't say it was Matthew Perry. I said I was
0: Chandler. There's a difference. <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like my time in wrestling. I like I like Kane. I do not like Glenn Jacobs nowadays. Big. Baldy, Republican bastard.
1: <laughs> Whilst I do not like the man's politics, I'm sure the man himself is a nice man.
0: Oh, well, I'm sure if you spoke to him, he'd be a lovely fella. But yeah. don't Never d- judge a person by their politics. Judge the person by the person. I got a good look at the person when I made a mistake of following him on Twitter, but that's neither here nor there.
1: Yeah. Anyway. I bet you he's still on Twitter. Oh, yes, he is. Yeah. Old, old, broken old Mickle, he ain't. And no one cared. You know, there's a lot of celebrities now doing that because Mr. Musk has Twitter. (laughs) They're all all running away. (laughs) Run away!
0: Yeah, run run away! away. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, the reason I'm going to that is we we were trying to think what to have because I don't know how how the anniversaries also tend to sneak up on me because, you know, a year is a long time when you're... Do as many podcasts as I seem to do it no, then.
1: This is a rarity for our anniversary show. Mm. We are doing this sober. Yes. Ten, 110%, because the only thing I am guilty of today is caffeine and biscuits. And nicotine, but hey, that's the standard for me.
0: And I just have biscuits.
1: <laughs> ha ha ha. I like biscuits. <laughs> there you go.
0: No, I'm not having that biscuit. You just took a bit of that biscuit. I'll get my own biscuits. Here you go, there's a biscuit for you. Thank you. You're welcome. So, but, well, we don't need, we may be doing this sober, but it may not be the only thing related to our anniversary that we do because, so we don't need to do that part sober because we we're, decided, we're oh, I like, I'll take, let's take three podcasts. I was going to say about five, but that'll take us into, well, into November and I've got other stuff I want to do. Yeah. And I don't want to draw the, ar- rip the arse out of it. I really don't. So I thought, let's let's do multiple parts of this anniversary, given it's, you know, five years. That's significant enough in terms of an anniversary. Mm -hmm. And let's, you know, do it right out and do three shows that we've been wanting to do for a little while. So we started with this, which is a review of the guy which filmed The Gentleman. Awesome. Which, a while back, you and I discovered that we both watched that, had seen and enjoyed Mm. greatly. So we've been wanting to do a review of it for the podcast for a while. And then it say, "Let's finally finish season six of Fraser." That'll be part two next week.
1: Do you know I struggle to decide in the gentleman who my favorite character is? Uh-huh. Over and I mean all the characters mm-hmm. because they're all cool <laughs> in their own way. Yeah. Apart from apart from the you know the round eye, the dry, dry. eye guy. He's a he, he's a bell enter. Well, he's meant to be. He's the yeah. no, but I mean, he's, there's not even any likable characteristics of the guy. Even that little prick at the end of it, you know.
0: Like well, okay, I said, I don't think you need one person with a list without any good characters because, like, even though you're kind of almost written for them, you know, Mickey, played by Manticone, he technically isn't a good guy. So, like, it's a case of. He's a, a s- principled guy. But, like I say, they're technically two bad guys, but it's a case of this one's worse than that guy, which is why you don't like this guy more mm. than that one.
1: And I, re- I must say, I don't usually like Colin Farrell in movies, but I really liked him in this movie. <laughs> he was good. I'm telling you, one of these days I'm gonna have you watch Emburgers
0: Brilliant in that. Is he as good as
1: he is in this?
0: Maybe a bit, maybe a little bit. Better, I think a little bit. No, 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 no. I, no. no, no. You, you wait,
1: you wait and see. That that bit in the gentleman where he where he leaves that newsman to watch that la- laptop. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. But anyway, great film. So
0: we have got all you. we to be part of a. Uh, Three part show that we're going to do. We're going to do this the next week. I said we're going to do the final two episodes, the two part finale of Frasier. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do our usual thing where we talk about the round up the season and episode. We decided maybe going forward we would do a separate episode when we finally get to the end of series of Frasier where we we do a separate episode to look back on the series of whole favourite episodes, least favourite episodes and all that, and Mm -hmm. how the season looks compared to other series that we've covered in like the overall scheme of the show. And, um, and part three is going to be the first part in a, in a multi-part thing. We decided it's going to have to be across multiple parts, this mm-hmm. one. A retrospective we've been talking about a little for a while and this may be a big one. Do we say who it's about now or do we wait?
1: No, we leave it as a surprise for the good people. Mm-hmm. We leave it as a tasty treat.
0: Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we said, I don't want to give away, but this is some of the recent events have made them far more interesting for it than they would have been otherwise. Even though they still would have been an interesting person to talk about,
1: yeah. But you know, more interesting for what has led up to the thing that has made them interesting mm-hmm.
0: now. I think we may be, and we may get a better idea of like what recent, what's happened with recent events by the time we inevitably get to however many parts. Like you and I even talked about this, maybe a four, or even stretch out to bloody five parts this way be like a bloody netflix documentary at
1: this yeah. point the one the one clue i think i can give one give it away too much we're famous for two things being involved in american football mm-hmm. and bodybuilding there you go
0: yeah
1: see that no one will get anything from that because lots of people are famous for football and bodybuilding
0: yes Sometimes people who do famous bodybuilding and football sometimes go into another vocation that this person is known for. Yes. When they fail at that. Shoe those salesman. Other two. When they... <laughs> no, not that. That's
1: <laughs> a shoe salesman.
0: No, I'm looking forward to bringing that. Plus, you Paul have been doing a lot more of other podcasts. Because you can hear us on the Rogue Opinion feed. We've only been here for we've been here less than a year yeah. uh, here on the Rogue Opinion feed, but all, all five years, if you are just found us when, when you discovered us on Rogue Pines, past five years are all back on Spotify, so be sure to check all that good stuff out. Yeah. But if you recognise some on Pains, you may have also heard the fact that Paul has been recently joined to the Rogue Rich Smash interview. So in between these, these three episodes coming out, we're also going to have a special pay-per-view review as part of that series of our Rogue of where we talk about Fully Loaded 2000. For fans of that time, I'm giving their hand as a, a much-loved pay-per-view, so... It'll be good to get that show done as well. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. We have a we have a we have a plethora of stuff coming.
0: Yeah, we're start, we're slowly but sure taking the five, we're slowly seeing our way into multiple ends of the podcasting yes. realm. One day we will have a YouTube page and t shirts. Yes. <laughs> that is Paul's dream. T shirts and little and little buttons. Yes, little buttons. We've been going on about little buttons for
1: I have faith in little buttons. Why? Because, you know, everyone has a little button. <laughs> okay. Everyone who's successful has a little button. Name what? Metallica have little buttons. <laughs> They're successful. Mm hmm. Nah, I can argue that. And we could have coffee mugs too. <laughs> Simon Dan has a coffee mug. I know Simon Dan has a coffee mug. And t shirts. I know. T shirts and coffee mugs. And I bet you, if you asked them, we would have little buttons you, too.
0: You just want to have a coffee mug so that when there's a time where you don't have alcohol and you need to have coffee during the show, you can just drink it out of a coffee mug that has your face or name on it.
1: No, no, no. A coffee mug that has our pristinely awesome logo on it where I can always chill and talk about the show. Yes, our, our current logo has has a, an animation of our faces on it. That's good. Yours
0: looks more accurate than mine does, I, I agree. I mean, maybe I just don't like how it's. I don't. I don't know. There's
1: something about but, my Scott, animation. You, you know the thing that's important—that I look good. <laughs> yes, it's always important. I look great, so it's fine. And me looking great will make you look great by comparison. Just like your technical expertise makes me look great by comparison when we do the show.
0: There's something not even I can make look good. you, that's, <laughs> you I am. I am a somewhat technical wizard, as you like to describe me as. But. I am not a miracle worker when it comes to the editing world. Scott's sitting there in his head going, I'm just a man. I'm just the one man just sends off like if anyone complains, I did all I could. There's no more I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me be. <laughs> anyway, all that weirdness out of yeah, the way. <laughs> you know, we've we talked about our anniversary for to anyone who cares about those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. We care, but we'll I'm sure we'll talk more about the anniversary across the next two parts because, like I said, we're drawing out as much as we we feel is necessary, and not any any much more. Yeah, I don't think any much more is a grammatically correct phrase, but I've said it, so it's done.
1: It's not, no. But but, but you know, you go with it. You say it, you say it distinctly enough, it'll seem right. I
0: like doing these kind of film reviews. We don't do them too often. Like, outside of Eclectic Escabees, We and, like, that time we did My Python, we yeah. don't do them. We, I know we did. One of my favourite film reviews we've ever done out of the few we've done was when we reviewed Muppets a couple of Christmases yeah, ago. Yeah, that
1: was fun, yeah. That, that is a great movie. It is, it is. That, is. that is a Christmas traditional movie, that.
0: But, like, that film and, like, some of the other things that we talk about is a case of, like, us weirdly discovering,
1: like, Oh, you like this thing? I like this thing, too. Yeah. It's always the best way you make a friend. And when when we both had seen The Gentleman and we both were like, oh my God, have you seen that movie? It is great. Yeah. Look at Matthew McConaughey being being great and sinister in a very, very classy fashion. Yes, yes. You know? And look at Colin Farrell, you know, acting competently in something and not being bullseye. <laughs> oh. There's a film he, actually,
0: out, out with him now, with him and Brendol and who we're both we're both the, the two main characters in the film Embrooge and it's directed and written by the same guy who did Embrooge yeah uh, I'll give a very brief thing there basically I think it's two guys in a village in Ireland Brendan Gleeson they've been pals for ages and then Brennan Gleet basically goes I don't want to be your friend anymore why no? oh, I don't like you anymore I think you're a bit boring <laughs> and it looks like the whole film is basically him trying to really get to the root of why he doesn't want to be his friend like will you just leave me alone <laughs> also I was watching a clip of Brendan was, was on that Saturday Night Live in America's. My name's Wendell Gleason. I am best known as that guy you liked in that thing, but can't remember where from.
1: <laughs> 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 There's a lot of guys and girls like that. Yeah. You know, they want to go, ah, he or she was in that thing." Uh, aye, who was that kind then uh. the, the annoying thing is, <laughs> is that in the modern age, you don't get to stew upon that mental anguish. Yeah. In the modern age, you have the horrid convenience of occasionally correct Wikipedia, you know, where you can look them up and you can at least get basically who the fuck they we are. Well, at least it means when you want to steal the virtues, like, oh, it's this good film with
0: this guy in it. You don't want to say person to somebody, that guy, because you, they might not get it. But if you
1: say it's this person, you're giving that ah, person ah, the due credit they deserve for ah, their role. But you see, you see, if you say, who the fuck is that guy or who the fuck's that chick, fucking, who are they? That very fucking conundrum in your mind can start a whole hour or so long pub conversation. True. You don't get that with the modern convenience well, well, of well, you could up.
0: you can still start a conversation with that because if someone's, the person you're saying to recognise the name from something else, then you can talk about it. Like, oh, I saw a minister using that. No, I didn't. Tell me about this thing. And that starts a whole conversation. Conversations can start with anything. Like, like me talking about the fact that, well, about Brendan Gleason saying that people know him from things they can't. Okay. Till where? It started this whole weird conversation. Have a
1: conversation about a cigarette filter sleeve. When go on? That is the sleeve for your cigarette filters. You use that. I don't. I couldn't give a shit about it. Can also, if you're careful enough, make a handy straw for a milkshake. Very yeah. flimsy-looking straw. No, no, it works. I've done it before. Of course, you fucking have. Yeah, I've done it before when I was drunk, and I did it with my drink. Anyway, back to the gentleman. The gentleman. I remember... Who are you call him a gentleman? Well, not fucking you, for one thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I remember seeing trailers for this film right before the pandemic. It was one of, those, one of those films that came out right before all that started. Before all that fun stuff happened, you know. But I think a lot of people, like, especially us too, may have come to know it mainly due to its run on Netflix, where it still is right now yeah. at time recording.
1: Well, me, I, I came to know it because a lot of the time, and I'll be perfectly honest mm-hmm. with modern films... Yeah. Generally, I think we're all a dime a dozen and/or utter pish, uh-huh. right? Acting's pish. There's usually some pishy agenda in the back yet, it, and it's usually garbage. The gentleman was the rare exception to that because it still felt like an early thousands, late nineties style movie. Yeah. Because you know it was just there was no bullshit, no message. It was just a good gangster movie. Uh-huh. You know. And it had Matthew McConaughey, who, let's face it, is one of the best fucking actors. McConaughey is gold, man. Come mm-hmm. on, it's McConaughey, man. <laughs> you know? You've got Hugh Grant, who is really fucking aged like fine wine. The guy's a yeah. fantastic actor. The- he's got, like, seen for his early career, like Notting Hill, yeah. uh, Four Weddings. He was like the British, you know, the handsome, awkward British guy in all the movies. Now he's like, he's in really he's in that cloud atlas thing which is really mm. fucking phenomenal he's in this so he's he plays so many gritty and layered roles in films now that it's like i say ages like fine wine so you've got mcconaughey you've got hugh grant you've got charlie hunman who went through being a wee a wee gay guy and queer as folk to being a being an anarchy type biker guy to being the guy in this who's mm. like and i'll be honest in this He's really, he's really one of my favourites in this film. I fucking love Charlie Hunnam's yeah. character in this. And fucking, you've got Colin Farrell, uh-huh. who Farrell man, what he's good in this man, beating up a bunch of wee pricks in a chippy. Straight.
0: Well, I think it's the only guy Ritchie, guy Ritchie, seems to be a guy who can get a lot of big names for his uh, for his gangster films. Because like, look at his early films. Like what his second fil- ever film is a film that people still talk about in Snatch, and that's got Buddy. Brad Pitt's in an accent no one can fucking understand, but he's in it. I could understand him. I do know, but I think one of, the, one of the run jokes is that some of the characters in it can't understand what the hell he's saying. Uh, and you
1: lock stock and all, yeah. which is great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because like... That is the Statham, it.
0: Yeah. But like I said, I saw the trailers for this in the cinema. Like, I only oh, went to the film that cinema a couple of times in the months before it uh, pandemic before the Bad Bad. But every time I went, I seemed to see a trailer. For, and this move, for this movie, for this movie, I was kind of interested in it because I see all the cast in it. But were well, you sitting there watching these trailers and going,
1: "Hmm, I'm like, intrigued."
0: But like, I didn't. But I wasn't entirely desperate to see it. But then my mom and dad watched it on Netflix, and my dad was going on about it, and like, he was even talking about how good Hugh Grant was in it. And I'm not usually a Hugh Grant kind of guy. Only in certain films I've liked them in. And my mm. dad's no big fan of you. So I thought, if he's talking about it, then... It's worth a watch. If he's talking about it that way, it must be worth it. So I checked it on Netflix and I loved it. Mm. I think including having to watch it back for this, I think I may have seen it four, maybe five times in total. And like...
1: You've seen it six times. Six times. <laughs> um, five, five of them were just, for just, the sake of joy... And- well, I suppose six of them for joy because I had the joy watching it for the
0: yeah. podcast, so it was just fun. Because, like, I remember like the second or third time I watched it, I was like, I was trying, I was wa- going to watch a bit of a film before I went to bed, and I chose a gentleman because I remember, oh, I remember watching that the last time, and <laughs> this, it was one of those things where like it got it got to almost we halfway maybe a third into the film, a good while into the film, and I was like, Jesus, I've not gone to bed, I haven't even thought about going to bed, I've just been so I've been stuck here watching this yeah, film, engrossed in it. <laughs> yeah, so I remember really enjoying it and like. Because, like I say about you, Grant, I liked doing a couple of things. Like, mm. I I always again, I keep talking about my brother and I during the pandemic, we went to the thing of watching random films, and we found that film about a boy, which I think came
1: out in early 2000, yeah, maybe yeah. 2002. Is that one um, it has got a uh, 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 fucking Six in the City chick in it? Uh, no, what's the her name? I don't think that's the one you're thinking of. Oh, right. I He's in a
0: film with Hollow, right? Yeah, I think right, Yeah, cool, yes, cool, yeah, cool. yeah, But, uh, yeah, it's got him, he basically has a, I think he's looking after his nephew, played by Nicholas Holt, he was only eight at the time, Nicholas went on to be in Natural Skins, and then when he played Young Beast in uh, the X-Men films, like the newerish ones.
1: Ah, uh, the uh, future past and I, right, so, I, no, I don't know who he was then, I don't know fuck all about Skins, apart from that it was a thing. It was a thing on Channel 4 for a uh, while.
0: Um, well, he was only in the first two seasons of it. Because I like they used to rotate the character of on that show.
1: And that made it worth watching. Well I, had, well, I never watched it. I nah, just knew I, he was in it. I had better things today, like, you know, nothing. <laughs> but, and as for the X-Men's, personally, I think it's a crying travesty that somebody other than Kelsey Grammer played the Beast, but that's just me. But I'm saying he was, only, he was only a wee boy in, in
0: this film. Nah, he was nah. good in it, and he was good in it. But, like, it was, it was because you guys in the film was, like, you could. He was a asshole. He really at the start. Of it, only cares about selling. He's good to care about this boy and everything. But like, yeah, him seeing him at the start as that character, like, because I just basically seen you guys with a, a lot of people just parodying the kind of tape cast that he got, and mm. he's like
1: bumbling character, and he's rom com. L- the bumbling but cute Aye. English guy. F- fighting against usually the confident and outlier American guy. Basically,
0: being a stereotype of what a lot of Americans think English people are. Like or to a certain extent, most English people are like bumbling, witty, and handsome. Pretty much, yeah. How yeah. disappointed Americans probably
1: are when they actually go to England. And now, now he plays roles that are so layered and mm-hmm. varied. And he's like, he's got to a certain age where he's like, finally, I'm, I'm old enough that I don't have to play these shitty roles. I can play something significant. I randomly started watching Paddington two. I I hadn't seen Paddington one, but I was on
0: holiday and I was on the it was on film four yeah. and he's in it as like the bad day of the film. And like you ever see a person in a film thing and you're giving a performance that's seemingly too good for the film you're in. He gives one of those kind of ones like I mean, the guy who voices Paddington is actually pretty good in it as well. And I'm watching him like he plays this kind of out of work actor who's always
1: going around in these daft disguises mm. and everything but he's an example of that by mm-hmm. the way. An actor too good for the yeah. role he's playing. Ralph Julia and Street Fighter playing M Bison. Hmm. I've never seen Street Fighter. I've seen it. The uh, fact I had have it or had it somewhere on videotape in here, but I had it on DVD too. It's, uh, Raul Julia obviously you know as Gomez from the Adams Family. Ah yes. And uh, uh, JVD. Oh, you know? Of course, obviously. I know he was in it, but he's the main person I knew. Was in it was John Claude and uh, Kylie Minogue's in it too.
0: Okay.
1: She plays, uh, uh, a character.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think she played fucking
1: Callie uh, The American, American street fighter chick. Was, I, I don't know the street fighter. I knew, I knew, you know, I knew Van Damme's character. Yeah. I knew M. Bison. And I knew like characters like Sagat and the guy, the guy with the fucking visor and the claw. Yeah. He was cool. And, uh, E Honda, the sumo guy, I knew him. Yeah, and Blanca, like weird sort of green Ultimate Warrior looking motherfucker, like Tim. Yeah, yeah. Well, to go back to to this, I think Hugh Grant is great in it as well. But
0: this film, uh, like it's, it's been done by Guy Ritchie, who a lot of people were crediting, and was one of the main positive I've seen. A lot of people because I like to look at some reviews for films when we review them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of big credit is like people enjoyed the fact that. Guy Ritchie seemed to be returning to what he's good at, his roots and everything, like the gangster no, style right. movies, because he had uh, gotten attention. Once those gangster, early gangster films got attention, then he was doing uh, bigger he's films. Well, he was doing bigger studio films. Like I think a film that actually combines to what he's good at plus big studio. Works, an example is when he did the. I don't know if he did both of them. I know he at least did the first one when he did those Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes films. I've seen them. Well, well I've seen one of them. One, one was enough. The first one was a bit worse than the second one. I thought. But anyway. Again, it's an example of him working with bigger names because at the same time that came out where we you just started doing the Marvel films as Iron Man became, for a time, the highest paid actor gone, and then I think The Rock came in and eclipsed him in that
1: yeah. one. See, I think that's the thing I've got with this game of film too. It's like, I've never liked the big Hollywood production pitch. I usually think it's garbage. Uh-huh. I like films that are a wee bit lesser than that because usually the story's better. Mm-hmm. When there's less money and stupidness spent on crap and unnecessary shit, and the actual focus is on, you know, the acting and the story, it's great. Yeah. I mean, gee, I'm the sort of person who enjoys filling my dinner with Andre, so... <laughs> Which is basically just two stuffy guys sitting in a conversation at a coffee table in a restaurant, I'm so... familiar with the... The movie, well,
0: the concept of the movie, and I watched it myself, but I'm familiar with it.
1: Yeah, I've I watched it once. I uh-huh. was looking for it on eBay on DVD, uh-huh. but they want a lot of money for a DVD, and the money they're asking for the DVD, I'd be more willing to spend on a wrestling video. Because so. like, I think Guy's two films before this came out, two more recent
0: ones that came out in a year or so ago, had been. I think he did a movie about King Arthur, mm. and he did the, the remake of Aladdin, which Again, I remember doing a film quiz for S S R, and the question was, "Who did who directed the remake of Aladdin?" hadn't seen the movie. I don't know why, but it popped in my head like the name Rob Robertson. his name popped in my head. I don't know why I went for him. Yeah, he did airplane. No, I don't think he did airplane. He did Back to the Future. Oh. Yeah, he also did that film What Lies Beneath because I remember talking about it on. Oh Smackdown yeah, yeah. I
1: think
0: he has got Harrison Ford. The Harrison like a, Ford one. Yeah, but uh, I don't know why his name popped in my head. But then Gary and "I'm like, really." Because I don't know why he'd never seen like the kind of guy to do a film like that, but mm. weirdly enough, I think I heard from him and Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam was played the aforementioned King Arthur in the King Arthur film. I think it was on I that. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I think they dude got talking about the subject of legalized marijuana on, which is the subject of this film. Yeah, and he said, like, I didn't realize how much a guy knew about legalized marijuana. But he said we had a almost half-hour conversation about it <laughs> while on the set of the film, and so pretty much from there on, I think. The guy quickly decided he wanted Charlie Hunnam in this, mm. in this film of his. You know. and even, I've even seen interviews with a guy who just said I've been working on this script on and off for about 10 years. <laughs> so he's always wanted to do a film about the marijuana business and, mm. everything. and I like the idea that it's an American guy running the business, i.e. Matthew McConaughey's character, but it's set in the UK where it's not at the time are recording and when the film was released not fully legal yet, whereas it's becoming yeah. more legalised across America which again, you talk of it Mickey, the character, is having an advantage and that he's an American who knows weed and now in a country where it's more valuable to him because it's not, it's not legal yet so mm. he can make more money off it and he ends up building a little
1: empire on the, off the back of it. And use that word, yet. We keep our fingers crossed. I
0: mean, they even mentioned the, the inevitability of it becoming legal in the movie.
1: When he's talking to a potential buyer. Well, if, if the politicians ever decide to pull the stick out of their arse, yes. I think that's
0: the very, very best. I think given the time frame, it, it was the best thing to do, film like that, especially saying it in the UK because I don't think it would be the same who was in the US. I mean, I know there's still people who, I might mean, think there might still be places where it is illegal in the US, but it's more
1: accepted, and more yeah, talked it's, about. It's it's not it's not legal in the US at a federal level. It's legal at a state level. And plus, I think he wanted to focus on marijuana as well
0: because like like it's a drug that doesn't have the same negative effects as cocaine and heroin because as a character in this you meet Lord George or his empire is primarily selling heroin. The powder. Yeah. And but like I think it's the idea of like it's not a harsher drug but there's still a lot of money to be made and and he's still doing making his money through illegal means. Because again mm. he's operating in a country where it's not legal. But like you talk about the bigger budget films and you then gets to come back to I think the reason he got to make this film probably was because he'd done those movies and then mm. got to come back to a movie. Got they go ahead to do a movie where he'd been working on it and was kind of his vision. Maybe <laughs> so he wrote and directed this film. Like the budget of this film was like twenty two million, which you think, especially compared to like likes of Aladdin or any of the bigger budget studio movies, is pretty small. Like mm. a bit almost twenty two million is almost the budget they probably had for the like CGI on like the genie effects that maybe because obviously that's got it cost a lot of money to make that look somewhat was that that thing that had will smith in it yes it was will smith was yeah. but like the idea of like the genie appearing in blue and then just as himself the, the transition effects and everything also requires a lot of money behind it to make the effects not look cheap <laughs> well, sorry i just I, did a funny egg in my head probably best you don't say. but even then i don't even think the budget for a lad i haven't looked it up <laughs> i'm sure, sure there was a lot of money pumped into it but i think I you the money that this film made probably was, is it even close to what the budget for Aladdin was? My point is, is about the, the money I believe from what I've been able to ascertain from watching videos about to talk about the film industry and yeah. how certain films are still successful and how some films are slops. And I believe what I'm here to tell is a film needs to make at least twice what it's budget was to be considered successful and have oh, turned, yeah, to, yeah. turned to profit. And sometimes the budget also is not just like how much is given to actually making the film but the budget also goes towards advertising and then sometimes the budget is actually a separate amount from a money from advertising if it's like a big studio yeah. film then they'll have a separate thing to push and make sure it spends a lot on advertising which means so many more people will see it and the more people will see it the more they'll make the money back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if a film flaws it's more so the studio that loses money rather than the directors or the actors that were involved in it. Yeah. But they might... Get some money through the residuals if there's that kind of stuff involved. Mm. Probably not Probably not involved that too much in a film like this. But oh yeah, it's like I said, it's a smaller than what Guy Ritchie had been doing up until this point With when he went yeah. off to do those Hollywood films. Because this had a budget of £22 million mm-hmm. or dollars. What did it, make? it made, in total, around about £115 million
1: so uh, it made its money back, most definitely. And
0: considering this technically had a limited release, it's some t- some places credit this as a twenty nineteen film, some credit it as a twenty twenty film because mm-hmm. it started with a limited release in twenty nineteen in December of that year, and then widely loose at the start of twenty twenty. So given that it was one of the last films released a few months before the pandemic started, it managed in that time to still make one hundred fifteen million. Do you
1: believe that if it had been released a little earlier than before the pandemic had officially kicked off and everyone got locked down? Do you believe it had the potential to potentially make more money than what it made? Possibly. I yeah. believe, well, like foot travel to to and from the cinema, word yeah. of mouth. You know, gently, you know, people being able to live and communicate properly. You know, uh, across uh, dividing up the 115 million
0: though that it made, roughly 15.9 million was to a was made during its run in the UK, yeah. 36.5 million in the US. And then across other countries is a combined total of 26.8. So primarily the US is where it made most of its money with the UK coming in last, is really despite the fact that it's set in the UK and
1: is done by a British director. By I, by, what is seen by a lot of people is some some would say a cult British director, yeah. some would all, all others say would be a like a great British director, you know. Yeah.
0: So, like I said, given a, quite a few films, these films, like basically especially gangster ones have pretty much a cult following. if you're into that genre. Yeah. and Or maybe you tune this because you see the names attached to it. I think, I don't know if it, even if it was released, if it would have made more than just 115 million, but for a film of this size yeah. and for the sale of the film, I think it's still even probably an
1: And for, yeah. like, like you say, the actors that are in the film, you know, because yeah. they're all, they're all famous actors in there, mm. like you say, Hunman, Haig, yeah. Grant, I I, was, I I first was interested in him, and as you mentioned, Sons of Anarchy, so I was
0: surprised to me when I found out he was actually English. Uh, I'd first discovered him in Queer as well Like, not just English, but just that proper, almost Yorkshire-sounding yeah. Englishman. like, I remember I've heard from a lot of Americans when they talked about when they discovered Idris Elba in The Wire in the mid-2000s, how many Americans were shocked when they learned that Idris Elba was, in fact, English. Yeah. Because when you listen to Idris Elba's real voice, he's very... Very heavy, like London style
1: accent. He's got the. Yeah, he's very English.
0: Yes, he's very English indeed. Very, but he does, but he does a solid enough American accent. That he can fool even Americans. Mm. Like I said, uh, like I said, that has been working on this film for a while. I found out that original names for this, uh, for this film, were tough guys. <laughs> it's in spelling tough, but it's pronounced tough guys. Because so there's a lot of like talks about the upper classes in here. I believe that's also the name of Gary Ritchie's production company as well, so it ties in there. Oh. And also, you notice uh, when Fletcher has that film script that he hands to Raymond, yeah. I mean, Hugh Grant and Julianne's guy, respectively, if you're not familiar, it says Bush on the front of it. It's the title of this film that he's made up. And the film was going to be called Bush, I because uh, that's also a name for marijuana. Yeah, Bush. So that's the kind of thing. Like he's written a script based on what he knows, and then in the style of what Gary was going to call it at one point. Also, I can't remember the name of the pub. Uh, that you see Matthew McConaughey going at the start of it Mm -hmm. but the name is taken from an actual pub that is actually owned by Guy Ritchie. It's not the same pub but he does own a pub that has got that name and it's somewhere in London. That's pretty cool. There's a lot of that. Rotten Tomatoes uh, it got roughly I think from critics was a 75% upon its release and a 7.8 out of 10 will be on IMDb. Not bad. Well like I said most of the most of the critics were praising the fact that yeah, Gary Ritchie was returned to his roots. I, I noted there in one review, he said, "It may not win writer-director Gary Ritchie many new converts, but for those already attuned to the filmmaker's brash wavelength, the gentleman stands tall."
1: I have to disagree with that one. Mm. It won't bring him converts. Yeah. That felt for obviously that's someone who has not appreciated the film. Mm. And you know, if you don't appreciate the gentleman, quite frankly, you're wrong.
0: I saying i I heard some mixed inter- interpretations of, like people saying like they like Guy richie's the idea of like if you already like Guy Ritchie's of filmmaking you'll enjoy this film then people couldn't help but compare this to films of this ilk he's already done and when you make those comparisons yeah in some yeah. people's eyes you know, may not stand in the same well, way when I'd you like make those
1: send. comparisons alongside those films then obviously you're going to find fault because yeah. these films are, I mean the films they compare them to. Gentleman hasn't had the time to gain that kind of cult sort of nuance that those films have. Yeah. I mean, because if you mean look at them on paper, exactly those kind of films, you know, gritty gangster-based, well, gritty British gangster-based movies, you know, with a top-quality cast, good story, cheeky, like sort of comedic violence almost at times, Mm -hmm. you know. I spent the whole film like wondering if Hugh Grant was a wee bit queer or just a wee bit of a creep. I think he's just trying to have a. I think he's just trying to make the day Charlie Hunnam uncomfortable. I think I think he achieved that. Yeah, he was... yeah, I think he achieved that. Mm. But he's like through the film, you want to despise Hugh Grant, but you can't hate him <laughs> because he's like just sleazy wee print. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sleazy, dirty wee man. <laughs> No, it's dirty. Is that, that journalist mind you? No, no, no. no <laughs> that no, no. was, the, I suppose, his oh, choice. That's
0: the big thing. Part of the reason that Hugh Grant was t- tempted to come across onto this film, as he mentioned, I think it was Gary. She knew this when he when he approached him was the idea of him playing somebody who has to dig up their own people and work for a tabloid journalist. When you know, Hugh Grant was one of the people way back when and was involved in one of the people whose phones got hacked when the, all those celebrities were getting their phones hacked by the. Like News of the World and those kind of papers, mm. and also he, he had his own share of scandal. He had his own like, you no know, dislike for tabloid journalism and all that. So getting to play somebody, who maybe the skis and a of old character who's doing it all to get money from a from a tabloid paper.
1: Yeah, and big. you know Hugh Grant back in the day, mm-hmm. he got found out for being a bit of a naughty man. <laughs> <laughs> no, bad bad Hugh Grant playing with those prostitutes. <laughs> bad Hugh Grant. But did it fuck up his career? Nah, No. If it had happened to him in the modern day and age, would it have fucked up his career? Oh, fuck yes, Possibly. it would have. Possibly. Because we just don't know how to be cool, man. You know, like, uh,
0: William Regal talked about doing vignettes in LA when he was part of the Blue Bloods. I think he was only ever put as a bonus on an old WCW VHS, so not many people have seen them. But he describes one of them going to a, a public toilet, which is one of the many toilets that apparently you Grant met, met these... Uh, Bro shoots and he goes, this is where that dirty... Th-, and he said, and he's weaving it, this is where that dirty, rotten, bloody toe rag. You, Grant, got found with that, with that woman. <laughs> bloody disgraceful. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, uh, part of the reason I think it's been on Netflix for so long and it's still there right now is because... It's awesome. Well, that. But Also, Miramax, who you see Fletcher going to try and pitch his film version of events... At the end, he goes to Miramax mm. to help produce this film. which also when you see him in that scene. I know it's at the end of the film, but you notice behind him, the film post behind him is the film the 2015 film, The Man from U N C L E, mm. which was directed by Guy Ritchie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, it was a film version based on an old TV show. I know, I know. Of the show. I know. But I'm telling the people who may not know it. Well, I knew. I know. Well, I didn't know at the time but some people may not know, so I'm telling them now. Well, I knew. But anyway, <laughs> Miramax announced in late 2020 that there were plans to within this world of the well, gentleman to do a tv show to do a t- spin-off t- spin-off tv series no no uh, no no just no also, i was gonna say guy rich is gonna be involved in it but anyway, just, just no yeah anyway, the reason i think it's remained on nelson is because netflix have now been got given the distribution rights so basically because I don't think I've heard any development since then. Because obviously, thank God, I think, well, people involved in it have been busy with other things. But still, I think it's the case of the idea, like when the show does happen, it will be exclusive to Netflix, which means Netflix won't keep the film on Netflix to make sure people are familiar. Like if you don't know these characters, then you're the gentleman. What's
1: your for? You know, what when the when the TV series comes out, it's going to be secondary class actors, okay. and and a TV program was probably going to be shite compared. To, it's going to it's going to be one of the things that happens all the time. It's going to be one of the things like. It's going to take away from what the film was by being crap. Well, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere that some. I don't know who, but some people who are
0: in The Gentleman will be in the TV show. I don't know what it's going to be called. I, I think there was a name banded right. I don't
1: know what it was. Nine times out of ten, that's the, that's the forgettable characters that were in the film that like, go, oh, we get to be in a TV show and we can be a wee bit more significant. Cool. No. no, I'm very judgmental with those kind of things, man. I don't, I don't, I never trust in this day and age, particularly. And well, I never did, but in this day and age, particularly, I definitely don't trust turning the film into a TV series. I Really, don't. The way things are going with TV and film nowadays, when they make the TV series, there's about nine, there's about nine point ten percent chance that fucking Matthew McConaughey's character will probably be a chick. If it's a TV program, well, I'm a bit more. I'm a bit more on board with it than you are. I think. Yeah, I I'm not cool with it. I I think much like when I went and thought to myself when they made the Matrix and then made the god awful sequels. I thought, why, why did you even make a sequel that was fine on its own? Mm-hmm. Didn't need it. they always like that's the problem with films and media and TV and shit nowadays. We can't just make a good thing and say we made a good thing we don't need to fuck it up by making TV programs or kind of crap like that we made a good thing, let it stand on its own. That's the problem nowadays no one does that instead they decide to make TV programs and reboots which are usually crap anyway. You know it's, it's, it's never a good thing. Yeah, I'm just trying to find more
0: info about the mythology and yeah. here is that like Ben Max, who has studio approved it, Guy Ritchie's is fault in it, and then all the article, all these articles that I find, all they do after they tell you those information is then remind you what The Gentleman is and what, what it's about, and I'm like, well, I know that, but I want to know about this other thing. This is not news to me, knowing that it's happening and not having any additional information. If you don't have any additional information, just tell me you don't have it.
1: Yeah, don't pussy about with it.
0: <sighs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't know, but because no. they do leave because Fletcher does try and do, because Fletcher does allow for some kind of what is described as meta comments, where he talks about film, which you can tell in some aspects. Basically, he talks about keeping the green in the picture, as he says. Uh, you can tell that's fucking guy Ritchie speaking through his characters, at
1: times, which some directors do often do. Yeah, at times. No, I mean. Are you So have you always been that way in regards to films and films being turned into TV series? Well, are you a lot more positive about well, it? Well, I, I, have? I have an open mind if it expands
0: upon the word, or if it has characters either from there or has characters that are at least interesting. Like, It's a weird
1: example. I, d- I do like to think that I, to an extent I have an open mind for those mm. kind of things, but a lot of the time I'm very suspicious of them. Very suspicious. Like I, have a,
0: I have a TV show I like watching. It's called What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. It's a mockumentary about vampires.
1: Ah, oh, good. Is it on Netflix?
0: No, but all, well, all three series I believe are on are on the BBC. I play the fourth series just wrapped up in America, but it's not available in the UK yet. I need to check, that. but it's based on a, a film that came out in twenty fourteen, written written directed, and also starring a guy called Taika Waititi who now directs the Thor. Thor, in four films. He's quite funny, <laughs> and like the film, I remember discovering there's a film and a TV show about. And he, well, he his character pops up randomly as a cameo in a couple of episodes of the TV show and he's also working behind the scenes on it Yeah, it's set in the same mockumentary style as the film but it's a different group of vampires and then I remember watching the TV show I really enjoyed the TV show watched the film
1: film was that alright the closest thing I used to get in that regard and, and correct me if I'm wrong here but the closest thing I got in what I think is the style you mean yeah. is that if i watched the film back in the day yeah. and i found out the film came from a novel yeah it was always my mission to make sure i read the book mm-hmm. because in my mind the book was always better than the film mm. <laughs> you know the book was all, like a book like a film made from a book if you read the book the book is always so much more rich and descriptive than what the film is mm-hmm. so i always loved that like i read i read misery i'd seen misery yeah. countless times James Cann, Long Rest, you know. But fucking read the book, phenomenal book. You know? And that was that's just one example, you know. I mean I have many, but that is my one example. I read I read Misery after seeing Misery. And you know how good a film misery is. It's yeah. dark, it's gripping. The book's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know? I strongly recommend if any of our listeners are fond of a reads, you know, Read Misery, great book.
0: Like so what i was trying to say was like they do leave it open-ended at points because fletcher's trying to make money out of these studio people and says no what you need is a sequel and i feel like oh is that what they were t- opening for but cause i don't think they were always intending. if like i I feel like guy richie wanted to do more with this whether that be a sequel or a tv show mm. i don't think he feeling it on tv show especially given that he has fletcher say you know, on the big screen not small screens this isn't television on the big screen <laughs> Also, when he talks about you know, you know, roll, about you know thirty five mm roll, it cuts to the, of the old school like
1: <laughs> film. <laughs> so it plays a bit with those kind of visuals and uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and I, I like I liked Matthew McConaughey's choice of pub snack: paint and a pickled egg.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. We're actually getting to the old bits, the beats of the film and the story here. Yeah, yeah. we've we've given vague descriptions of it. My, um, Mickey Pearson is with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. He plays
1: so hey. he's he, the film starts with him. He's walking. i going into that. Pub, as you said it's yeah, based on any, on a pub of that guy. Going into the pub and he goes all right then. you like paint the pickled egg, please.
0: Also love the fact that he's an American, but like they don't they don't have they didn't even think about saying oh why don't we try having Matthew McConaughey do a shit attempt at an English accent? No, nah, just haven't him him been Matthew McConaughey. But like, he says things similarly Britishy things in his American accent, which is seems fun. Like when, he, when he's driving through a field to one of his seats, goes yes, yes, jargon,
1: yes. <laughs> At one point, but, yeah, he, but he says it in such a Matthew McConaughey <laughs> way, and <or> it's that <laughs> oh, is Matthew McConaughey
0: it's cool. Yeah. he's having these, having these, paint. He's got a running monologue, their monologue going, and he said, "He's like making it out, and you know, this is a big, this guy's a big deal here." Yeah. So I'm like, if "You want to be the king? it's not to act like one. You need to be one." Yeah. you Can be no doubt because that causes one's downfall and one's own demise. Yeah. Which is a running thing for his character's arc, and he's, stuff he's always on, yeah. and he's on the phone too. He's Mrs. <laughs> sitting up. Date night and date you, night. you don't hear crystally what's on the other end. of No, the you just microphone.
1: hear him, and then he's like, "Who else is there?" Aye. and then it goes blank, and you can see, can't see the outline of someone behind them. Yeah, someone like a, with a gun, and then it cuts away, and just cuts the close up of the pint in the pickled bag, and yeah. then boom, blood across the and glass, then, and then cuts to black, and then you go into like
0: yeah, this like smoky.
1: That's really cool. That intro, aye. you yeah. know.
0: Well, basically showing me the slims of each person, like the main cast and everything, so it's mm. a really good opening song, and then it cuts up the gentleman, <laughs> which, weirdly, compared to everything, like, I think the idea is, like, Michael's character is more of a gentleman, like... Yeah. feel kind of like William Mew and that, William Mew just gave himself as a gentleman villain, that's what Matthew McConaughey is, in He's a way. a gentleman rogue. Yes the idea that he does things in a more civilized way. Yes. Well, like I said, it's not outwardly oh, expressed. personal well, like how that links into the story.
1: He he's he he quietly simmering all through the film. more yeah. Because the thing about his character in this film that I perceive from it anyway uh-huh. is that yeah, he's he's trying to get into the upper echelons of uh, uh-huh. polite society. He's mm-hmm. trying to refine himself, but mm-hmm. it's always quietly simmering on the surface. Like if you if you dare to cross his path in the wrong fashion. Yeah. You, you'll you end up bad, <laughs> you know? I like, like,
0: like the idea that cause when Hugh Grant's talking about him, giving you, you know, the backstory of him yeah. for the audience, uh, he talks about how he's assimilating himself into British society despite not being from here. And I think that's how he gets so into business, in bed with these lords and ladies where he uses their lands for his production purposes. Mm. And the idea, like, he like he's not British culture, learns about it and finds the advantages, and like, knowing these people have all this land but not as much money as you'd think, so I give them money, I get their land, and I make mm. more money. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's how. a win win. Yeah, it's a win win. Yeah, so you have Charlie Hunnam coming in, he's basically the right hand to Yeah, he is his loyal confidant. Yes. And like you see you know, like I'm getting to UB himself, getting to use his real voice and this so
1: I pretty enjoyed that. Yeah. like you know, I don't have to put a fucking accent on finally.
0: He yeah. <laughs> comes and then like and clearly he's not just like a lackey or anything, like he's clearly being beside Mickey has brought him a lot of money because it's a fair-sized house. now ah, he's got a he's lovely,
1: living. lovely home.
0: Mhm. And uh, who's waiting there for him but Fletcher? Not, played by Hugh. But Grant. what?
1: What does that tell you? Loyalty brings prosperity.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. weirdly enough, he's the the one that out of, he's one of the ones in this film in the main cast that you don't get. outwardly told what he's about. You know he works. You seen. You seen him a lot with. It's like even I think you see him in the car with. Matthew McConaughey when he gets there to go to the pub, so you know he's his right hand and everything. He mentions Matthew going family like, mentions like, he's, that uh, Raymond's got OCD yeah. at one point, and everything. You get to see his where his mind works at things, but you're not openly told about you know, what his deal is, how long he and Mickey have known each other yeah. and everything. But like, I,
1: I mean, yeah. in the initial, in the initial sort of few minutes of the when the conversation starts yeah. between him and uh, Fletcher. F- Fletcher you know, you, you kind of get a notion as to how Charlie Hunman's character is, you know? Yeah. He's very, like you say, very very particular, very OCD, and if you fucking smoke in his house, he'll <laughs> kill you.
0: Because, <laughs> like, that's McConaughey, like, especially like, how he came out, because he had to do some things, he got blood in his hands, but he tries to not have to get messy and everything. He has yeah. people who does that for him, and Like you can tell that Charlie Hunman's the person who often has to do that, but he, you can tell he, in his own way, once to get into a position where he doesn't also have to get his hands dirty anymore. Yeah, he just, he
1: just does it because he's loyal to Mickey.
0: Yeah. But anyway, he's got Fletcher's there waiting for him. He's helped himself to a, bit of a wee scotch and mm-hmm. everything, a very expensive one and all. He goes, in one of his first lines, Charlie Armand says when he sees that Fletcher's there, he says, I should stab you with that fucking rolling pin. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he tells them about how Big Dave and all of the big papers, basically, he's committing to him 150000 to... No, do we pick up a week dirt on Mekke and everything He goes, I want to convince you to put I know your boss says a you know, deep ball because now I'd like to encourage him to have a little rummage <laughs> and pay me twenty million British fans to for what I know and I goes, You really, you went from one hundred and fifty grand to twenty million, a very steep rise in thirty seconds. He goes, Well, when I explain to you why I'm at 1st you'll know that it's actually quite reasonable for me. Mm. And then I love uh, Everyone goes, "Well, good job you're not greedy, Fletcher, you wretched little toad." <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts going over the scores like, "Hello, hello, Google, this fifteen hundred quid. Then now you can spend that much on a bloody scotch." <laughs> <laughs> but the fact he's already fucking helped himself. <laughs>
1: and
0: then you know he's basically talking, setting the scene because he's trying, trying to be all dramatic and everything. Mm. And, and uh, really, it's a device. He's been used as a device to explain things that obviously Charlie Hunnam already knows. Mm. But I think it's the way he, he he can explain to him
1: that... Fletcher can explain to... Basically, and... like, Charlie Hunnam's character already knows all the pieces. Mm-hmm. He has Fletcher there to help him put them together. I think he's trying He's letting him go on so that he, Fletcher he can find,
0: ascertain how much Fletcher knows, and Fletcher can tell Uh, Raymond basically here's all the stuff info I know which is why me not sharing this info is worth the money I'm asking for but also helps the audience because he's talking about all these things in the past tense
1: which also it helps Charlie Hunman a lot of Charlie Hunman already knows pretty much everything That Fletcher knows, it helps him know anything that he might not know.
0: I think we later find out there's things that he doesn't know that Fletcher tells him, but he never lets on until the very, until a later bit, mm. so he doesn't want to give away because he wants to, well, never wants to give Fletcher the upper hand. No. But like, also, the fact that it's always told in the Path End in flashback form showing uh, Matthew McConaughey's character also gives you that a little bit of like, has he actually just been killed off, or yeah, and we're being told yeah, stuff he did. Yeah, The first, The first time. We're, we're showing you the background up until the point where he got shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so which would be a very bold given. Again, he is again. I think his name is first, and there's Bill and like it's him, and then Charlie Hunnam and yeah. whatever.
1: which is which is odd thing. A it because usually, like, well, classic way yeah. credits are put out like that, especially for the start film. Mm-hmm. Your main guy is always the last name up.
0: Yeah. Well, like I say, Hugh. I think Hugh Grant, Colin Farrow are the last two names there. So you get them, and then you get the people in the middle, like the actor who plays Dry Eye Henry. It, Henry Golden? And I'm then going. Michelle Dockery, who plays Michael's uh, wife, yeah. Rosalyn, who, I think it's funny, I've tried to look up her, like, I'm sure I've seen her before. I've never watched the show, but apparently her main thing before this was she was in Doubt and Abbey, where, where she was <laughs> she was a different type of English than what she is in this. Was she a little bit more
1: refined? Well, you'd
0: think she's all poison here, but then she's proper... So still. Oh, well, and, and, you know. and
1: this Matthew McConaughey is the gentleman, and and our other role is she a lady?
0: Yes, very much just yes. gentleman and lady. I mean, they're dining with lords and ladies at the start of the film, which was that
1: him meeting that prospective buyer. Yes. The, Who's that? Uh, uh, Michael. No, 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 Matthew. Matthew, is it? <laughs> What's it? M's Michael, yeah. Matthew. Yeah,
0: there's too many M's. M and M. M and M. <laughs> 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 anyway. So it's a device for the audience to know about Mickey and Uran goes into his backstory. You know, grew up in a trailer park in America but somehow became a road Scholar got, went to Oxford
1: ah, well, selling He went and he, he grew up in a trailer but it was a hell of a horticulturist. Yeah. Went to school Learned his trade. Went learned his market.
0: Learned how to take advantage of certain things that he had an advantage
1: yeah. of. And sell his posh mates. Learned how to keep his territory when anyone hard tried to fuck with him. And they don't even... Like, you. shows you, like, oh, they imply that
0: like, he's had to do some very violent things. And, like, they show him going into a house with these other dealers and then a quick cut. And he's got one of them pinned down with a big machete. It's got blood on it. It doesn't show you what he's done.
1: But you know some shit's been fucked yeah, up. Yeah, but bit. you notice when he walked in there, there was two of them. Yeah. Yeah. And now there's only one of them, mm-hmm. at the end of a bloody machete. In fact also, the guy goes to get up and then you see the point of it, You're know, like, don't you fucking <laughs> yeah, think about it, Bill. Don't fuck with me, money now,
0: cunt. Aye. You see him openly cleaning the machete as he's walking in, even though when he was walking down the state, that same path, before he walked in there, you could clearly see there were people out, out, out and about, out in the land, and so he, he didn't give a fuck, like... No.
1: He was like, nah, this is business. I have to Aye. deal with
0: business. But then the idea that he's like, he's, he's gotten, he's a little older, he's softer, he wants to settle down with his missus and all that. He,
1: want, he, want, he wants his gentrification and his whole.
0: That's okay. what he wants. And the idea that he's looking to sell it off and he's looking for a sped of and hence he meets Matthew at some big
1: posh do. Matthew, who's a specky good in a pork pie hat. Yes, yeah. that one. And that fellow American. <laughs> is yes. A, Specky wee good in a pork pie hat where put on posh voice He's like Yeah Yeah yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like what are you? You're like a stoned Kenneth Williams Yeah, yeah. Literally like there are certain points where uh
0: you can't even like try to exaggerate bits that he doesn't know or like there's the bits that he doesn't know happened but they're not that exciting so he tries to drum it up like a bit of action yeah. like, you know every story needs a bit of action as he says <laughs> I don't like the, idea of the I think it made me a comment on Hollywood the idea of like stuff being up stories sometimes when they're based on true events because in this world he's writing this whole film script this lecture, based on things that have happened Yeah. the idea of like Sometimes making real life events more dramatic than they were in order to make a film about real events mm. seem more engaging to us, where if you just told it how it, how it really happens. sometimes it might all would all the people might not think it's as exciting and may not draw the same audience. And, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like every time there's a biopic that comes out, there's always someone out there who knows about the real life person who says, "Well, that's actually factually incorrect. That didn't happen, and that didn't happen, and <laughs> they've dramatized that." But. So well, maybe that's just my interpretation of why they no, went that it's, way. That's a good interpretation. But it's also a good way of like letting people in that you, you do wonder when you've been told and given flashbacks and things like is that happening the way it's been discredited or is that not happening the way we're being told it happened? Yeah. It keeps you guessing? So uh, like, there's a bit where he's, he doesn't he's not sure about the exact money that's seen out, but he knows that Matthew was very interested in buying Mickey's land and then it shows them out in a drive, in the countryside disease, yeah. lead, giving them the insight into, and basically, something like, oh, know, 200 million gross per year, 100 million PA. And basically, I'll sell you the whole thing for 400 million, which they describe as a smidge under half a yard, which a big thing comes up on the yeah, course, like to said, explain. a smidge under half a billion, because i will say it's just under 500 million, which would be considered half a billion dollars. Yeah. So, just under half a billion dollars, he's willing to sell his whole empire for. I want half a billion. Who and doesn't? it's half a billion pounds, Scott. Yes, that's remember. Not dollars. We're in the UK. It's two, million. it's two Americans talking about
1: it. I know. But they do say pounds at points, so Yeah, I so they? Yes, they do say me. pounds. Anyway, if you're, go- if you're going to talk about the film, at least be factual, man. Well, where's your fucking notes,
0: eh? I've got all my notes here. And you wrote dollars? No, I didn't write dollars, I just said it off the <laughs> top of my head. <laughs> anyway, so they're going on about it, and then he goes, I do like the show, big. he talks about in the amount of her little land there really is in the UK it shows a little map. It takes the yeah. UK and lifts it over to a map of America, and shows just how small the whole combined island of the UK is compared to how massive, overly massive America is.
1: Yeah.
0: And talks about how much land there is. It's not much of it. And then, like, there's all these people who have access to it. You know, public walk roads, badger lovers, dog walkers, parish council. Nobody knows he can't. Who's got too much time on their hands to take a <laughs> photo of somebody? You know, oh, they all love a good gospel match a chat with somebody who is mowing his lawn without a license. <laughs> He goes, and they've got forums, drones, all you know, other things. So basically, the idea of like, how do you get enough land, and how do you get the privacy to make sure nobody? Because that's the thing. Like people, he's managed to operate this business in secret. You know, quite a few people know what he's up to. Yeah, but he's managed to hide most evidence, to, which is why he's never went to prison. seemingly. Yeah, because he's clever. Also, they mention about Big Dave, the editor, the guy who's hired you, Grant to, to
1: cause problems. And mm-hmm. um, Big, Big Dave, who has a personal issue with Mickey, basically because Mickey ghosted him at a hoity-toity party. Yeah,
0: basically the kind of crowd that he wants to get involved in, he was like an only dream of as is described in the film because Mickey's yeah. in bed with all these different lords to use their land, and basically he went after one of these lords or somebody he knows... He's the dead of a head shovel. Like, oh, we found out he was having an affair with one of his male servants. That shows a bunch of different articles. But basically it ruined the man and his yeah. family left him and shit. Typical like, tabloid fashion. Like, literally two out of the three articles that come up haven't used the word Gale or in them. Yeah. That kind of thing. And basically like, nobody will call him on it because everyone's too scared that he'll run a story on them. But not Mickey. Mickey just, like, he goes to his hand, put his hand out and Mickey just kind of looks at him and just was me, just blanks him. I don't <laughs> the Lord the, that the, talking the to. The guy who's talking to him goes, I
1: think that's as good as fuck off man. <laughs> <laughs> and all the other guys are like, he's talking to him. Ah, he pure slugged you off. <laughs> uh-huh. Lord of God, indeed. <laughs> uh, that, is a, that is, in places I suppose, that is a big get to. Uh, yeah, exactly. Fuck you, I'm not shaking your hand. Uh, to quote, to come back to wrestling, he
0: did not acknowledge him. No, he say. did not. Well... Hmm. He was not. He's not the tribal chief. Yes, I know, but I wanted to tie that in. You know, I thought it'd be funny. But was, do you think he wasn't feeling usy enough? No, definitely not usy enough. <laughs> not, to, not, to fit with, not to fit in with Mickey's crowd. No. Yeah, he's talking about, basically, he's found 12 sites, says Mickey, with all owned by these different lords. And he's talked about how as soon as you, inhe- mostly people inherit it because it's in their family, but you inherit the money that comes with an estate you lose have to this day which means you've got all this land and fuck all money really yeah. think and then you got to keep the upkeep got servants to pay so basically he steps in I give you this money you keep your house in order and I fucking fireworks <laughs> and he gets to use the land for his birthday then they don't give a fuck what I do as long as the money keeps rolling in yeah and then he goes to a shipping container <laughs> and everything and he opens up with and there's just a big douche basically and he says oh I like Matthews when he goes oh good yeah. you know a minus little two shed for four hundred million. Is the ball peen, hammer included? And then he, he opens the, he pulls this wee lever and he shows them this like,
1: very intricate, like yeah, like farm. we got the shipping container and he's like, oh, what is it, Matthew says? Oh, oh he says, uh, is a ball
0: peen hammer included? No, in no, it? what is it?
1: He says, I, like I've I've seen your, oh, I've seen,
0: oh, I think he said it later, so I've seen how the sausage is made. Now I want to know about the butcher show. No, that was it. Yeah, he's like. I've seen.
1: He's like, and he goes, like, where, where is your, where is your plant? Yeah, no, I want like, to see the product. I want to see the product. And he goes, okay, great. A shipping container. Does that come included in the price? He goes. He said the hammer included. Go. He goes, yeah. now let me show you the nails. And he pulls back the little lever. Yeah. He um, pulls pulls a little lever, and then the the table moves yeah. and it steps down. There's mm-hmm. a fantastic operation going on underneath this goddamn thing. <laughs> like we've got full hydroponics. Yeah. Shipping containers full of weeds. Mm-hmm lucky man I, I wouldn't be able to sell that i'd probably smoke a lot it's, of that it's quite literally an underground operation because he operates it all underground yeah but like, it has his peeps in doing his thing he has his little farms set up all down he's got the like, stuff shipped ready to go for sale he's, he's good he, i love it he comes in she goes carry on chips
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then i do love matthew's kind of he's in awe of all the like lighting we do and he says England's green and pleasant land.
1: yeah but he says it in that sort of like yeah you know like are you awake Matthew speak louder you little dick and he is a little dick
0: they do mention uh, like Matthew does try to bring up to try and basically he's asking him all these questions so he's trying to get as much info as he can to try and justify why he should pay the price that Mickey is asking for mm-hmm. in order to Know, get all inquiries, all business because Matthew has his own kind of weed business. I, mean, I think it seems like back in America, mm. where he's in that trade to begin with, we don't get too much info on what his business is. But but Mickey uh, starts talking about the idea of when it becomes legalized, but then he uses prohibition as an example. So it took 15 years after Blues was made legal again for the market to match up to the, to come back up to, to to catch up with the demand again once it was legal. And he talks about how once this when weed becomes legal in the UK, you know, the supply will not be able to meet the demand, which is why given that he's got the said I've got the best it's the best botanists, the best technology, yeah. my product will see me more superior to what else is being there and it'll become even more valuable and you'll make back your the four hundred million and even more even with a lot
1: of interest. He's like, I have it's the, the like- best drawers, I have the best product, I have the best security, I have the best locations. Yeah. I have the best network. Come on.
0: There'll be, yeah. people, I mean, they think there'll be people who want to try it, but then, like, oh, no, it's legal. But then, like, oh, it's legal. But then, like, I want the best stuff. And then here comes Mickey's product with all this yeah. and, and everything. And then I think there'll be, like, medically prescribed stuff that might be as strong. So people want the strong stuff, which is where Mickey's product comes in, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the idea that, obviously, legal and, like, the fact there'll be such more demand when it becomes legal, then there'll actually be a benefit. And he also says that the weed becoming legal soon being an is why he wants to get out at this stage. He said, this business will need somebody with a clean face and a clean path, which sadly I do not possess. Because <laughs> I have developed somewhat of a reputation, as he mm. says. He goes, yeah, but he seems to be okay with the idea of retiring and everything. Because yeah. it comes up a few times during the film. And he basically says, oh, well, your suppliers, your connections? And like, he's not quite ready to give Matthew all the information. He's like, well, yeah. well that comes when the money's in
1: escrow. <laughs> once the money's in the account, then you can find out the rest yeah. of the stuff. And then you get other reason, some reasons why you may not like.
0: She probably should not like Fletcher mainly because of how he describes dry eye when he's introduced. <laughs> why? Well, the fact. Well, maybe with the fact that he uh, says phrases like, "What is he? Chinese, Japanese, pickney? Get on your fucking knees."
1: I've never seen anything offensive about that. Or the fact that he calls him a, a Chinese James Bond and uses the phrase "rice to kill." I still see nothing offensive in that. I just thought it was funny.
0: I'm just saying, I mean, maybe it's giving a Fletcher, I think. As
1: yeah, well. I, I, I come from a different breed to you. I'm not offended by words. I, I didn't say I was offended. I just, seemed, I just
0: know that that's something that might be offended to some yeah, people. That,
1: that's something that will make the modern world cry. Oh, no, he said a bad word.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that's what you are. Don't I'm think not, that. I'm not, I'm not. I don't care about that, but I'm just like, Ooh. Like, it's not, it's not over, I don't think it's over line, but it's, I think it's one of those two jokes that approaches the line. But again, I think you can justify it again by saying it was given to Fletcher, who you're not meant to like.
1: Plus, I'm pretty sure I can make a joke that, joke that would cross the line most severely, but I won't. I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> I'd rather make it, I'd rather, I'd like to make it to six years, please, thank you very yeah. much. But I could. <laughs> anyway. come on, have a biscuit. Thank
0: you. <laughs> then we meet Dry Eye and then like, like I said his example of trying to dramatise things he shows him just shooting like that over there like oh, that's not the Dry Eye Eye know Fletcher I know just try and make sure you're paying attention so let's cut quite anticlimactically to a more diviner Dry Eye
1: <laughs> Aye. We see Dry Eye who is um, I think trafficking in people yeah. got and car parts I couldn't find, I couldn't find uh,
0: much on the actor that, I mean stuff that I recognise of the actor I think he's still he's the most No name out of the main names in this. Well, mostly he's in the top building. He's somewhere sandwiched between the Matthew McConaughey's and the Hugh Grant's because he is a primary character for his role in the film. But I think compared to them, he doesn't have the the name value just as of yet.
1: No. But he still plays a big part in the film. Which is why he'll probably act on the TV series.
0: Oh, no, he died, didn't he?
1: Yeah, but he'll probably be in there somewhere. He'll probably do some kind of, like, prequel type crap in the TV series, and then he won't be dead and anyway, it would be in the damn program. I wouldn't think so, no, I don't think that's what's going to
0: be. But anyway, like I said, we're not here talk to the TV yeah, series, yeah, we're yeah. here talking about yeah. the film. It's him basically, you know, going to be, supposed to get to the car parts, and then the guy tries to claim, oh, I, I came you, he's all nervous, like, I claimed you for a joint when it's actually a 40 will actually be double, and then he's kind of taking the piss because he stumbles and he goes, you gave me your quote, and a gentleman's quote is a gentleman's word you mm-hmm. uh, the UFP for that lesson, or your family does. You've beat the choice. And he goes all good here. And <laughs> lovely, just to his right hand man goes, give the selfie prickies money. And the guy just throws a big envelope at
1: him. He money. About trying to get double.
0: <laughs> and uh, then we cut a bit back to making everything by we introduced to uh, Rosalind, who's his mrs who runs this all part of primarily a uh, woman operating that and everything, mm. and like uh, one of the guys, rog, is like, where the fuck? Where's Where's Roger? He's maybe he's maybe he's maybe working on this screen because there's a customer waiting. Like, what have I told you? I don't want Roger up front. This is meant to be for ladies. He's not meant to be up the front. Mm. Where is he? He's up in the. He's he in the
1: office with your husband.
0: Uh, and he's and he's making him try. he goes like, "I'm needing Roger on the phones, and you're trying to hear up here blowing his bloody brains out."
1: <laughs> yeah, like Roger, go. He's like, "I'm gone." See you. Like, I'm sorry. Don't apologize. Get back to fucking work. <laughs> don't sit smoking weed. <laughs>
0: And then she's like basically trying to make sure he's not got any second thoughts mm. about retiring and everything. And he goes like, you know, when I spend more time with you he goes like, I said I don't want you hanging out here like feeling all being and feeling sorry for yourself mm. now that you're retired. <laughs> and then he tries to get his soul and he's like, No, I've got too much work to do. No. Go and you can wait. <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> <laughs> they're like the the uh they're out in the out in the back garden now at this point with between Fletcher and mm. Raymond. And then Raymond's trying to basically ask the questions that we're all thinking by this point. Basically like why are you telling me all well, this Why are you
1: telling us and how do
0: you know? oh no, like, like I know what's going on, like I'm trying to figure out why should I give you twenty million pounds or why should Michael give you twenty million pounds for this information. And then he starts and then hopefully he starts going on, he tries to weasel his way into getting free shit off of Bloody Ray, like talking about this big barbecue tail he's got mm. <laughs> well, that's the nifty little thing, that's what it cooks for you and it eats you like it. Apparently, I think Guy Ritchie bought one of these. He said, and he wanted to just, just include it in the film for some. <laughs> He'd nice to buy one of these himself. Also, uh, talking about some of the, we talked about some of the good dialogue so far in the film uh, and some of the weak like lines. Yeah, and some other good stuff got to come. But uh, from what I've heard from the actors talking about things mean, like, there's a couple of videos I saw of like Guy Ritchie and some of the cast uh, members viewing scenes and breaking it down, given talking about the experience of filming these scenes. Mm. And from the common thing I could see like, is that it seems to be a lot of fun to working with Guy because Guy gives a lot of leeway to his actors and allows for a lot of creativity. He's not a director who has like a vision and just sticks to it.
1: Yeah, he's very loose with it. Yeah,
0: because like he'll like because he's mostly been working on a script for a so he's had to go through changes and everything, but like they said there'll be times where like he'd write the script, we'd do it the way it was scripting and everything, and then we'd take a break and then by the time we came back Guy had written a different version of some of the lines and say, Can you try doing this line instead and that or you say it this way mm. and try and see like how that compares the version and use the best winner. Sometimes you'd do one where you'd film that as written and then come back and say like, Okay, we're filming that again, but you know you'd allow them to improvise if they could if they thought of a line, a better way of delivering a line, you know, uh, yeah. And sometimes the improvised version would end up in the script if he thought it was good enough. So like it may not always deliver gold every time when you try and improvise a little bit, but if you he see something that's good that somebody's came up with on the fly, he'll include it you in you the take film. It. Like he talks about the bit where uh, when later on when Mickey gets the paperweight the wee gun and then he's missing goes, Oh, give me a little gun with a family of six baby boats <laughs> He <laughs> said like that she about how he she and get like Guy had written a few different versions of a line before they came up with that one and like he said I couldn't get it right and then like basically he, she and him spent time talking about it and then they came up with that line. They did the take with her saying that and like, Perfect, we're good, we're yeah, done. That'll here. Be nice. that'll be uh. good. So there's a bit where uh, he tries to worry between resume like, well, oh, Raymond, any, any chance of a steak? Well, <laughs> oh, I've got some wagyu beef as that Oh, never had it. Well, you know, it's way- it'll be wasted on you, but you know. <laughs> also, there's a bit where he's going on about the barbecue, it's like, I might get myself one of them. So well, you can take this with you if you fuck off now. <laughs> also, something that you you don't know that like you're a bit confused at the time, but it makes more sense later on, is that when, you go- when Raymond opens the freezer, just so happens to be a dead body in there. Yeah,
1: he's like he's just he's a sneaky cunt. That Fletcher. <laughs> oh no, no, Aslan! <laughs> no, you, no. You're, you're wondering who the fuck is Aslan? No, you, you this frozen guy ominously staring at him. Right, because
0: he's like, why wide eyed. Ah, but then we find out that Dry Eye had a meet- got a meeting with Mickey by goat by selling the car parts he got. To Rosalind's shop. Mm. know. in exchange, all he wanted in return was a meeting with Mickey and everything and like he's all been secure of how he got the parts, so you know, How did you get these? you know, ask no questions here, no lies, you know. Mm. And then so he, he takes the meeting but he says, like, I only took this meeting because she asked me to, so don't ever Aye. approach her
1: like that again. Don't fuck about. Mm-hmm. Because as we learn quickly throughout the film, nothing really phases Mickey. Uh-huh. But if you touch or even look at his wife in the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, you're you you're basically cutting off your own dick, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Very much. I do like, like this is a scene as
0: well that they liked. They they, they broke down on one of those scenes that videos I was talking about. Like yeah. Matthew was going, was giving credit to, uh, gave credit to. I can't. I love this line. I can't think how you came up with it. Like the bit when he's trying to, like he quite he requires a bit spying Mickey's probably because he hears he's getting out and everything, yeah. and he goes like. You know, unlike the salt and pepper, this is not on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he's like, I'm not like I'm not getting out. Like I don't and if I was I wouldn't really be buying off of you. And then they do they put a little bit of comedy in the scene where like uh, cause Raymond's kinda just sitting off over they say he's not doing anything, but he's you no know, he's keeping one eye on. Yeah. and Dry Eye's got his right hand as well, over at the side of the room. And like he starts typing out he's offering number right and you here. T- and you keep just, hearing the numbers, and then, then. and then it keeps tapping, and then we get to the point where even Raymond turns around, like, "How many fucking numbers?" Yeah, are you? Well, what, are you, what are you putting down there? And the fact that it makes it even better, like when he, he spent that long, extra bit of few seconds typing out this offering number, slides along, and then still messes me. Calling, he says, "Even if I was for sale, you're still a few zeros short." Mm.
1: <laughs>
0: and everything, and then basically, dry eye shows how impulsive he can be because he's a, a young lad, and everything he's. He, try, he gets a bit too annoyed when he... When uh, he, he gets Muthi. Yeah, he's he just talks, oh, you know, you're out of touch, and, you know, when a silver bat's got more silver than that, he's, you know, he, should, he should move along before a younger one comes and moves him.
1: So then, then we get the scene, right, we get... As it goes, like, in this... Because we don't get the wee, like, ah, oh, that was just a piss take, right yeah. off. What yeah. we see is what we see. Round uh, Dry Eye uh-huh. gives the speech, and Mickey's just kind of looking at him, uh-huh. and then he's like... You, Oh, the line like he said, this is a big fucking number. This is a bit, you know you no know else is big? This is a big fucking gun. And then he shoots him right in the fucking balls.
0: Uh, he's, he's got the gun under the table, you can't yeah. see.
1: He's got one hand on the table, one
0: hand under the so table. So he
1: shoots dry eye in the balls. And then he blasts his fucking right hand right in the dome. And then he's like that. He's like, he, you know the thing about being the fucking the lion? <laughs> when we're hungry, we eat. Uh, like Boom.
0: The, 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 Trying to be like, he's a king. And all of these lines are like, your eyes are not so dry now, are they? Yeah, like, he's feeling really when like, like, your
1: eyes tr-. ain't so dry now, aren't they?
0: Like, Looking for your balls or a hole in the wall? <laughs> <laughs> hole in the floor, whatever. So. Yeah, yeah. And then it cuts in, like, and remains like, that's not how it happened. I went, I know, but, you know, every story needs a bit of action. Every story needs a bit of action. I know, so, like, so, basically, you try and check a little bit of action beats in the film, because, basically, in a gangster-style film, you need a few bit of action beats to oh, keep the story yeah, going, because, as good as the film is, I don't, i'm sure there are some people who couldn't, who wouldn't really be interested if it was just continuous scenes of these characters having interesting dialogue yeah yeah need a of and then i love when it cuts to does not just cut back from that from the offer bit and then continue on it cuts it cuts to michael standing over him and goes reverse uh, reverses, and then it reverses and goes back to the bit the offer and then Matt, he does tell a, a bit a story uh does Mickey goes you know you you're a lot like your fables let me tell you one was a dragon that came to a young, uh, older lion and asked him about Granny's territory. The lion wasn't interested, so he told the young dragon to fuck off. <laughs> the dragon persisted. And so the lion took the dragon for a while and put five bullets in the back of his head.
1: Yeah, like a, a very simple threat, like, go away now or you will be shot.
0: Elvi goes, like, no, usually these fables are meant to have some sort of message, but you know, if you want to interpret some sort of message, then there you go ahead. Basically saying, like, take from that threat or you know, what you will. Yeah. Hopefully, you will take the right message from it and fuck off. Right, and then basically, Raven, can I get something? basically, as a are all like, I think that's time you guys leave. Yeah. Like, you're taking it off,
1: lads, fuck off. They're like, making a mistake, old man. Yeah, uh, he goes yeah. on, old man. There go. I'll, I'll, I'll go and tell people on you <laughs> for not taking my offer. Yeah. And then this is where we find out that later, right let, let's drop that
0: he knows about a quote unquote rat infestation and when I'm. Mickey's one. I'm pretty sure it's even the exact one that we saw. Yeah, yeah. Michael and Matthew earlier on. Where you put that down, please? All right. I <laughs> but, was looking for more biscuits, but there's none. Yes, there's none. With biscuits. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we see some young lads with GoPros
1: uh, breaking into the. Yeah. They break it. they break into le, 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 this particular farm uh, mm-hmm. and we get and like then mickey's people start coming out and he's literally like oh, what the fuck are you doing here and, and then you know, one like, comes out says
0: a line shouts another guy and like, like oh you
1: want it you up for a row <laughs> like
0: hey, "What's this fucking dad's army i mean they have got any more back there i also love how shot there on this image it's like Jesus yeah, they said there'd be a bit of puff but <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we don't see the fate but they've but we find out that they filmed the fight and turns out that the young lads can fucking handle themselves. Aye, because they're all flippy flop. They're all, we're all cruiserweights. Aye, basically aye. They're all cruiserweights aye. <laughs> aye. And it shows them doing a, a rap video such oh, a That it. was cringy as fuck that. And they they all give themselves names. What are them chin. Called?
1: Aye, Jim the, one the Iron Chin. Chin. No, Jim, because he have got an Iron Chin or whatever. Oh right, I just seen, I didn't read the wee but I just seen Chin. Aye. In, in. Willem goes, I'm called Ghost, because you never see me coming. Aye. <laughs> or Willem go- Or why- making a stupid, faggy
0: video and... Aye, but it's... But then Mickey's also embarrassed by it, because like, it's footage of his farm on the internet.
1: Aye, and he's like, he's like, sorry to interrupt boss, but I think you should see this. He's <laughs> like that. And she's like, why are we watching weed porn? Or fight porn, I think too. Uh, why are we watching fire porn? because it's fire porn, I
0: want my fucking farms. <laughs> <laughs> and then...
1: And then she's like, is that really what we say?
0: But she's like, it's fuckery, foot. Fuck. Yeah, because well, he said like it's no coincidence that I take Matthew's offer and refuse drives, and then all of a sudden one of my farms is raided. Like and she's like, yeah, it's fuckery, foot. Fuck. And then I love how calmly collected Raymond is. Like we ask, we ask him who's done. And he goes making inquiries. <laughs> also, he sees them. Well, I think the first old guy that comes out, and then he calls in the other guys. Is that same guy who's talking to Mickey? And he sees got a big fucking chain you know, a Big there, fucking
1: shade well. on the black guy. So he's like. like oh. They oh. boys knew what they
0: were doing. They did what they
1: were doing. Oh, just saying, Gav. Please don't say more.
0: And we find out these are guys who are training under the coach played by... And they were just Colin, Colin Farrell. F- Again, I love how it takes this long for Colin Farrell to finally be introduced. I know, but we,
1: we're introduced because we're, we're seeing... We've seen the shot with Chippy. Aye. Right, we'll Chippy. Nice looking Chippy. <laughs> and then four assholes come in. Aye. And they are arseholes a lot. Oh level. yeah, they may be arseholes. Right. Fanny, Neddy, I suppose English Neds, but you uh, know... Are the English are called the Neds, I mean it depends,
0: there's a different name for the Neds depending on regions of the country.
1: So. Well, I'd, just, I'd just be universal and just call them all cunts, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, but they come in and they're acting wide and making noise and causing Jump, rumpus. Jumping and the queue and everything. Jumping the queue and fucking... Colin Farrell's like, you know, fucking shut your hole and wait in line, wait your turn. Like, there's
0: an awful smell of piss in here. Did you, did you confuse your mouthwash with cat piss?
1: Aye, uh, and then one of them stood there, right, and I, I watched the right I thought you daft wee prick. He's oh. stood there and he's like, we got these wee switchblades, these uh, wee uh, knife, and uh, uh, fucking Colin, Colin Farrell kind of just slabs it. his on. And like, he's like, like,
0: if you're gonna cut me, just cut me. Don't fucking dance
1: about. Uh, Aye,
0: <laughs> yeah. and then he's like, come on. I'm, Lift it, open for you. Come on, come on. Uh, hit me with it. He's firing at one of the. Like, oh, yeah, four tops trigger and Four skins, the red skins. Oh, here My come minions. the
1: Indians. Oh, come on, lads, hit me with it. Hit me, come on. Come on, hit on me. fire. Hit and then one of them was like, "Fuck you." And he's like, Oh no, no, that's no, <laughs> no, like, oh, geez, oh. that's
0: disappointing." Come on, make it sharp. Cut me with it. Come
1: on. <laughs> and then one geez, and he just goes, tsh, swaps he's, that he's, one. "He
0: sprays like vinegar." Over one <laughs> of the guy dies, and bunches, why are you here? go to fucking spot me out, bro. Also. Love the when he's when he's slagging them off, the last thing behind the counter is just openly in yes, every line like, he Aw. says. <laughs> and then he goes like Girls jump, boys stab boys stab, men fight with their fucking heads, you know,
1: no, up, up here, here in he's the grey. Like, he's like, Girls jump, boys stab, men punch. fight he's with your fucking head. It's up here in the grey, lads. <laughs>
0: Go on then in the gym, we'll see if I can do something with you. Yeah,
1: he's like, fucking don't piss about in the gym, see if I can like, help everybody you. really
0: knows him. We don't hear his actual name, but we just know him as the coach. And then it's the the like, coach. oh, so they've probably heard of the coach. They didn't know it was him. And they're like, oh, shit, man, that's fucking coach. <laughs> and then he's on the phone with Ernie. I love how Ernie's wee bit in the video is. Do,
1: do you know, that's my least favourite scene in the movie for the simple fact that I can't even hear like he can't talk. Which one? The, what, the, bit the, the wee chippy? pricks in the chippy? Oh, I love it for I l- love everything about it apart from hearing the wee fuckers talk because well, you hear them talking and you're like, God, you know. God, you just I'll, stop. I think
0: the whole all. point of it is meant to be that they lads are out there they don't know who the, they're fucking with the fucking just No,
1: coach. it's just all the uh, bruv and the. Uh, That's how they talk down there. Oh, oh makes <laughs> It makes you sick. It makes you sick. Oh, Ernie, who I love his little bit in the
0: video is: so my name's Ernie because they're left hand's fast but the right hand's dirty, these three things. <laughs> But the linders have to rhyme everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And say "bro" a lot. Anyway, he', he phones them and he's in like, "Oh, we want to cut you in." And this deal got all this weed here because uh, you're our mentor. And I was like, "I don't like the sound of it. You. you guys should walk away." with, oh, we're already at the gym, unloading the van. Like, you took my fucking van. <laughs> and then he comes in and he's all he's fucking raging at all them when they're like, "Put, yeah, put right the fucking, put that out, put that out, get, Follow me in the fucking." And <laughs> one immediately when he sees, see, sees him with the bottle, like, "What my idea, coach?" Because he, he knows he's a bit of a and uh, I just <laughs> love it. Like you say, as soon as you to like, put that out, but I've only just li- put it out, <laughs> and he sees one of them on unloading. He's got a big, he's clearly got a, punchy, a few bunch of these. He's got his thing, like, What are you doing? You've got a fucking fight in a week.
1: Like, Looks worse than it is. I'll be tip top.
0: He's like, Will you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he sees the two guys, like, you see the video, more of the video bits from those guys looking back on because they're editing and then uploading it. And he goes, like Please tell me you didn't put that fucking fight porn online.
1: No, he's like, oh, it's fucking, it's fucking, it's Got lighting it's up, it's lighting up. It's like, it. He's like, down. take it down. Take it right now. He's like, take it down now. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't see them making for a will while,
0: but uh, it's the idea, like, these guys have been, could have been tipped off by somebody and Grandfather no, no. knows there's a baby. He's not a criminal, really, but, he's, but he knows that his pals are going to be in a lot of shit, so he's trying to... He's trying to, to fix it. Aye, yeah, he's trying to fix it for them. Mm-hmm. And so... Michael has to have a sit-down with Matthew about you know, making sure everything goes ahead and everything and making sure his business isn't going right and he doesn't look weak. Mm. So, you uh, so he's having a meeting with Matthew and he's Mrs. to... Matthew's Mrs. that is not his own, <laughs> uh, to make sure the deal goes through anyway. You know, he's asking, like, oh, I've heard you had a bit of a problem with one of your, your farms, and he's trying to play it coy and everything, yeah. no, I feel like it's a can't show weakness. uh they who you on top and then using that gun as we mentioned the wee paperweight as they call it you know wee mm. with six, the family of six baby people <laughs> such a pretty little thing too yeah and then like you know well it's a, it's a gun it looks like a gun which also doubles as a paperweight <laughs> <laughs> you know these things you know these are illegal like where we're from yeah well so is, and these missus goes yeah well so is riding your bike helmet mm. without, without riding your bike without a helmet yeah at night well, laws are laws are guidelines only and then Matthew says Apparently in, in France it's illegal to name a pig Napoleon but try and stop me. <laughs> Which I didn't realise that was a thing. Yeah. I know in certain European countries like Germany and Austria, if you publicly in a public form state the Holocaust didn't happen, that's immediately you go to jail.
1: Yeah. Apparently
0: so. That's just, I don't know how much jail time but you can be arrested for doing that.
1: So what if you what if and that's insane people would say a thing like that, but yeah. just on a hypothetical, what if you say people well, that might Noah. Does that mean you get a fine? Well, I don't know. <laughs> if you don't specifically, maybe, say it, if you, it,
0: if you if you if you if you if, it's, if you have it in a public forum to say that you outrightly believe that did not happen, then but if you said like I have some doubts, maybe they maybe they'd let you off with a warning. I
1: Slap on the wrist maybe. I would know. So because if you if you doubt if you <laughs> if you doubted that thing, I think you'd be a little wrong.
0: Yeah, as I say, if you're even considering the idea that it didn't happen, you're not going to leave any room in your mind for, for doubts. You're going to be either
1: going to see it, yeah. you're going to be in it, or you're going to be on the opposite end and say you did happen. I think trying to say that kind of thing didn't happen is like trying to say the well, earth is flat, though. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's not sensible.
0: Well, I think a lot of people who would say it didn't happen are probably people who are on the far right side who maybe believe that numbers are being inflated we are, to make the. We, that we are
1: we are getting into a, a rather hairy subject I Honestly, I'm, saying, I'm like.
0: trying to think of weird laws and that's one I found, I heard yeah. of. That that's a thing.
1: I, I used to know some weird laws that were a little less drastic than that one. Holocaust related ones.
0: Well, that's the first one I put my head. Please tell me some non-holocaust related ones.
1: Well, according to The Simpsons, it's illegal to have squirrels down your plants for the stakes of gambling. <laughs> That's silly.
0: There are so many laws out there when you read them you realise like clearly that was something that we shouldn't need an exact law for but some people need to be told it and someone did oh, it and now oh. we need a law.
1: I know one. It's a real one. The only person who's legally allowed to kill swans in the United Kingdom is the <laughs> Queen. Yes. Or now the King. And now King Bill. Huh? I don't know. If, 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 a, if a common person kills a swan then the common person gets all fucked up for killing a swan, but what if the queen or king told
0: the killing people to kill the swan? Then surely they're let off. I know they. I know it's very work like to If they had to, for whatever reason, kill a group of swans for environmental reasons, surely the king or queen wouldn't
1: do it personally. They'd outsource that
0: to someone else. Do
1: you know, I, I would prefer, and this is this is where we're rambling as we do. But you know, if it was a case of like. They had to kill a group of swans for environmental reasons. I would, I would pipe up and I'd be like, "Surely there's a way to deal with without actually killing the bloody swans." Can you not just move them well, somewhere? That's
0: what happens. Like a
1: certain animal group, it's like there's either
0: too many of a group and it fucks up the ecosystem of another animal and needs to balance it out. Like, you know the the
1: in the UK the, there was that badger thing ages no. ago. Well, you know, what, you know what you do. See when it's something like a swan or an animal like that. You go about and you find generally the crappiest animal. Yeah. And then, you know, get, like, get rid of that crappy animal and put the swan there. Because the Look, swan's nice.
0: I'm just saying, like, like you said, if I, the fact that the Queen or King is the only person that can kill him, and yet if that had to be a case where a swan had to be killed for any reason, I don't think the King or Queen would do it personally, which means you need to allow someone else to do it, which is why I assume that the Queen or King can also give permission to a common person to kill a swan i don't know what reason you'd have to kill a swan i don't
1: i don't know how we've rambled into the, 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 not, the weird, ethics of killing swans we're talking
0: about weird laws then and like i said like I was gonna say if, if if you need a law to say who's legally allowed to kill a swan i'm allowed to poke holes and ask and what what potholes there might not be in those laws surely yeah like like i said some so there are some laws out there where you clearly you shouldn't have needed a a law for, but like it's like
1: it's like Homer Simpson. See, because of me, now they have a warning. <laughs> it's like I, like, I find the law odd, weird in football now. Like like the used like in football when a guy used to score, and he weaky shut off and he go woo woo. You know, he done the thing like I did this way hell. Yeah, yeah, you
0: yeah. know
1: that used to be commonplace in footballs. Weaky shut off and run about outside the side and go ha! Ah, I just scored the goal again. At least cunts, but now. If you take your shot off in football, so you have a card. Huh. You know? If you take off your shot to celebrate, you get a card.
0: Huh. See how that's mental? Maybe. Oh, Also, Dara Beam once said apparently it's legal in the UK, there's a law that states you may not operate a motor vehicle while operating a handheld microphone. Who <laughs> is? And then he does a wee mate and it's like, who? Clearly there was one man years ago that went, hi everyone, how's it going? <laughs> Driving along with these, he like, went, hold on a minute. Hello, officer. <laughs> well, there's no law against it. Oh, there is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, weird laws. <laughs> but then, but then Mickey now has to do a bit of damage control, and I'm not talking about the WB faction. Uh
1: <laughs> no one was talking about them.
0: No, I thought, well, then it's a wee we've been a bit. Uh, but he's going around these different like they say he's going to have to close up shop most of these sites, you know, because I mean, these folks had to lose the money that he's given into them, you know, for the, let's guy cost him a fair bit, you know, make sure everything's secure and I'll move somewhere else. Yeah. And then that the posh guy's listening to, I think it's the same guy who said to do, I think that was a quick clear fuck off. He's like, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie and say there's no an odd million pound a year isn't going to hurt. I mean, I've just been told we need an entire new roof. Mm. And then Mickey, at the Eunice's of Art Office Day, help chip in for the roof. Mm. And then they go to another lord, and this is where Fletcher's whole plan starts becoming clear, because Lord Prescott uh, is one of the lords who, Big Dave, wants to get Mickey through because his daughter, Lord Prescott's daughter, you know, got, has got fallen in with these heroin addicts and everything. Mm. And honestly, I'm assuming there's one wee bit that's left out, but I've left this to my own territory. Basically, the idea that you know this junkie daughter of a big Irish lord who's in bed with yeah. a drug kingpin, you know, using that all that to all that spin and everything to get, to get everybody, including Mickey, look bad. I don't know how Mickey, who sells weed, ties in her going anyway, A guy who's giving her heroin, but I'm assuming they want to use the old old fashioned thing that's been, that was used, lobbied against weed that weed was a gateway drug to other. More classy, lead. Mm. So the idea, maybe, you know. Well, it's just,
1: l- l- it's just a simple thing, you know. You, you talk about the Lord and how it factors into Mickey. Mm. You know, Mickey's paying these people for use of their premises. Yeah, wearing hardship. We think, well, Mickey's a guy with know-how and connections. Yeah. Mickey might also be using our property and paying us to keep our property, but maybe he can also help us find our daughter. It might just be something as simple as... Well, that's, that's what they're doing, but
0: like it's a case of like Lord uh, days Why I bring them all down, especially Mickey, but I'm assuming the narrative would be... Oh, oh that'd be his narrative. The right, narrative would right, be... Lord, rich Lord's land being used for an illegal weed operation by a big drug kingpin. Daughter gets sucked on the weed. So make weed Leeds look are, bad, make him look
1: bad, looks, make Mickey look
0: bad... Makes Leads her onto falling in a bad crowd, gets her on heroin, where she meets this guy who she's with at this council state Where mm. where Raymond goes to find her, it makes it all look bad. I'm assuming there's that, but because I don't know how the Lord being involved with a weed dealer ties into the daughter going for heroin. That's I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm paying my own connection in that. I'm.
1: I can't, I can't say the joke I want to say because it will ruin the review and it will spoil it. <laughs> but I don't think that's what the journalist. I don't think that's too far from what he plans anyway. Yeah, yeah. The the journalist, not the. <laughs> uh, but, but. I mean, you know who knows what way around it was. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> that's not good for anyone. <laughs> have I just mentally scarred you now? Yeah. Yeah. I hate
0: you. <laughs> i think you mouthed it as well, going it, it relates to a scene that's going to come up later on.
1: Yeah, so you'll have to think about it twice.
0: I hate you. <laughs> anyway, I do love the fact that they're clearly concerned about their daughter, but also these this Lord and Lady of Pressfield are clearly so oblivious to their own faults here. Oh yeah, totally. Like, well, we wrapped her up in cotton wool. How could we have not seen this coming and everything like... And yet, they, they, the more they talk about it, the more you realise, like, hmm, maybe you weren't all always there, maybe... Yeah, maybe it, you should have, you know, paid attention to your child. Yeah. And then, Mickey offers to have a look around and try and bring her home, and then uh Mickey, he, he's done to him and goes, like, oh, I've done made some inquiries, I know where she is and I don't like it. Mm. And he goes, like, she's on a self-loving council to it's not our, you jurisdiction, you know, and I don't I don't like it, I don't like smack it, you know, there's too much, mm. there's too much we can't control. He goes, I'm not asking you and your OCD to fucking spend a weekend with them I'm <laughs> just asking you to get it done. Mm. And so, and although he gets back to which he goes, oh, this is where you have your little moment in the sun, isn't it, Raymond? And does the knock, 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 which cuts my scots to Raymond knocking on the door. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just being polite about it, like, hello, my name is Raymond Smith. <laughs> I polite through his teeth. Uh, like, may I have a moment of your time? They think he's a cop, he goes like, I'd just like to come in, talk about Laura Priscott. <laughs> no one it, and then they slam the door and so then he gets the two big heavies to he come and spang the door. No. On, while there's a third one downstairs watching the motor. Mm. <laughs> the er- uh, Bunny, i look at him and i like, he looks like a completely smaller version of Buddy Omos. <laughs> <pretty heavy vehicle.
1: laughs> he does.
0: Although it doesn't have the same menacing voice that Omos has. No. Omos
1: has a voice befitting of his size. He's growing on me, him. Yeah. He's not... For the simple fact, he doesn't seem as lumbering as some yeah. of the huge guys. Yeah. He's... He moves better than Kali, and he moves better than... It's a, it's a very low bar of the Kali thing though, isn't it? I'm only, I'm only using Kali because he's the most recent big, big, big... Yeah, I get what you're saying. Big, apparently Kali though, as a person, is a top, top guy. He's a very yeah. decent
0: guy, Kali. I think he, he knows how crappy he is as well because there's a clip from a Batista documentary where he came back in 2014. And he points to the camera like technically chatting to Kelly, like, oh, I'll tell him about all the great matches we used to have. And then Kelly <laughs> the goes like, ha ha, you lie, you lie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He'll
0: say like, you know our matches were shite. Oh, aye. Up That Punjabi prison match. <laughs> wow, that's <be> great. <laughs> Five stars. Oh, aye. <laughs> but, aye. The other way in, and then there's these, there's this guy called Brown, a guy called, uh, is it Power, I want to see his name was. Or some of them giving me a pee. Who's all fucking? What the fuck are you? got, You get the fucking. And like, you sit the fuck down. We'll be gone in a minute. Got Laura there looking a bit. Yeah. face Aye. And they're all looking very. Good. And then you got Asla just kind of sitting there in the corner like, I know. Like, how's it online here? I know all
1: your names. I, I know, know you where pen. you live. I know where you go to school. And I know that you'll give a fucking gob job <laughs> for a five pound bag. So.
0: It also does. Sit. It also feels the like need to do a wee mime as he says Aye. that. as
1: well. But just the way he says that, and he goes, so. As I said, set. I know we have got any points to Aslan.
0: <coughs> Apart from that little anomaly there. <laughs> and then he goes like I look I work for a very powerful man named Laura says Mickey make it make in England and then we ask her and then buddy Iceland pops up, you know, Finn of a fellows, runs London bush game, big dick swinger. <laughs> like, where, where are you from Aslan? Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Thought about yeah, that as I much. Thought about that as much, yeah. He is. You're right. He is a big dickswinger though. Wouldn't like him to hear you say that. best <laughs> you forget what he does after we've gone. And then he starts rolling a wee joint while he's saying like, you know, I don't smoke as much. as say, well, what happened to the old days, you know, a little bit of a little puff, you know. Like, I don't, I can't understand how you lot it to her. I really don't. Yeah.
1: What happened to a wee joint, a wee whining, a wee finger in the missus?
0: A little bit of a by white and a half finger in the missus. And then. Who is barry white? Then. And uh, he's basically sitting there down there, and he's been like, big black filler, beautiful voice. Yeah. And then Barry goes, "I'm confused. Am I in the bath?" While Barry White's finger in my oh. missus. <laughs> no, don't hurt yourself too much, Barry. You were confused long before Barry White entered the situation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then he's been turned to, to the Barry, like, "Oh, how about you, Bunny? Like, I don't even puff now." I'm like, "I don't know, Bunny likes the gym. You <laughs> can securely see how much you're lifting." About three wheels that you set the other side. How <laughs> about you, Brown? What? What, mean, what can I lift? And as he's looking, he, the bit he's rolling, he goes, you can not lift a wheel it's easier, you cunt. He's
1: of this is crying.
0: Yeah, he's just lighting up and basically says, that he, you
1: know, Do you know, I'm sorry, cutting. Henry really. yeah, 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 I know I watched the film earlier today. Yeah. For the review. Yeah, yeah. But you know, there's every chance this evening when I go back home. I might watch it again <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> you know? it's,
0: it's got really it's got great rewatchability.
1: It really does. It's a fantastic film. I always
0: I often put that as because well, there are great films out there that you like watching, but they're not films you'll immediately rush back to watch. You know, you'll enjoy them when you do watch them, but then there are films like this that you can watch multiple times.
1: There's one for you. Before this one, uh-huh. what was the last film that gave you that kind of joy that you went it was that Ambrose thing you liked, wasn't it? Well, it was
0: maybe one of them. I don't know. There were probably a few examples. I can't think of too many right off the top of my head.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the last, one, the last one I had was like that. I don't even think it was recent. Yeah. Nah. I know when I finally get to see that Megan thing. Yeah. It, that's probably going to be one of those films because that looks good. I think the rewatchability really comes to me
0: with TV shows,
1: because, like
0: we mentioned, Simpsons earlier. There are so many references and jokes mm. in Simpsons. I when I wa- when I used to watch the compilation VHSs of them as I yeah, went, yeah. there were jokes I never fully got. But then as I was older, I'm watching them all by and mm. I'm finding new layers to so them. Like a TV shows that I watch back, I find new or I find jokes I forgot about the first time. I laugh as if I've never heard it before, or I appreciate jokes I liked before, or I even.
1: Better level, yeah, yeah.
0: Like that's why I like were you watching Frazier so much, you know.
1: I, I re watch Frazier on occasion, sadly because, you know, the very first time I got my box set, mm-hmm. it was the full box set. Yeah, and the, you know what episode where Frazier's playing the piano mm-hmm. and then he does a little Jerry Lewis impression just before they come back in the door. Yeah, and just as the door opens, he goes back to nicely playing the piano. Yeah and in in my fool for you know ruining my first collection, but every collection of it I have had subsequently has not had that scene. Hmm. That's insane. That scene is missing. I like why. Yeah.
0: You know, maybe because music music rights are a dodgy thing, maybe subsequently since I haven't had the rights to even have a first version of them playing a Gerald Lewis song. Yeah, Music. Yeah. Cause music rights are a funny thing. Music rights are just Okay. And a lot of money involved in getting them as well, yeah. which is why most wrestling companies always have original music rather than licensed songs, other than very rare occasions. Yeah. But anyway, that's a different subject. So Laura eventually pretty much agrees to come with them anyway, and then the other guy tries to kick off, but, but when we can't kind of up he one of the big guys, no bunny, but the other one, basically tells him to keep the kids in school. One minute, and <laughs> they give them time because there's these wee lads running the guy in the motor trying to basically
1: funny oh, It's, fanny, fanny it's the same wee fannies that were in the chip shop with the a, a coach.
0: And basically, basically, you try to pay them off. they don't fuck off, and then eventually is going to basically a wee, like Get to fuck oh, you. Get and then, uh, Aslan tries to kind of jump. The guy as he's doing the other two, and then mm. accidentally gets knocked back, since gets sent flying over the balcony. He knocked back through the
1: door mm. that was opened yeah. by fucking
0: by Raymond, by Raymond and all that. So, mm-hmm.
1: if only he hadn't opened that
0: door. There, anyway, well, just to see, wouldn't have with enough force. He wouldn't went through the door and then off the window. Yeah, true, it? true. Anyway, anyway, fell and then just 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 as like the guy was, the guys would go a bit back off, because the guy flashed his gun. <laughs> as well and then they, they, they've got their phones and everything but we don't see that immediately because as he goes out the window then it cuts back to the shop with yeah Roswell and, Mickey, and yeah. then we kind of relays the what, the other fallout mm. uh, and then he goes like so he killed him well technically it was the gravity that killed <laughs> him <laughs> and then like it was being handled Then basically they all get their phones out and then like they try to seal Laura's eyes for it because like you his fucking brains are all over the fucking pavement his cracked and everything yeah. and uh like and he's girl kind of like, get the fucking phones, <laughs> and then he gives he, gives, he passes to of the guys, and whereas while the other he and mm. the other two chase after them because they they separate, and try and get the phones out until they can delete all evidence, not knowing that Fletcher's somewhere and we car taking taking pictures of it mm. as well. Also in the time in the Fletcher and Raymond, but he goes to go inside. He goes shoes off inside. Yes, ma'am I. <laughs> <laughs> the festival. and then she sees them carrying Aslan's body out of the freezer. Just buzzing like. I think I forgot to wash my hands. <laughs> and then we just going
1: call next time. Sorry, boss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they're chasing after them, and then he chooses well, after one boy who uh, gets his old pallet back. Not like, no, oh, this brick's trying to steal my phone. Like, not try to steal your phone. Try, try to, to buy, buy it. Like, I know I'm sure you're all gangsters and all that. But like, hey, got good money here. Honest money. Put that down. Take the phone. I'll be gone like the darkness of dawn. <laughs> And then like, some guy pulls a fucking big fucking blades on am like like, Mm, well, you put the money down and fuck, fuck off anyway. <laughs> and then all like there's all these like, things over dramatised bits. And it just so happens, he gets, to get up, gets to a big fucking hunch and starts shooting on the fucking uh, like, Right, right then fuck it. Like, and he points at everyone's scared except for that one guy, like, right, falling down. Uh, <laughs> he fucking takes it. and the guy runs off anyway, so he doesn't even get the money out of him. Uh, <laughs> and then they get all but they get two of them and then bunnies Call all all upper body, no cardio, because he's chasing after the guy in the back and he's taking the piss out of his He's <laughs> like, come on, mate. Come on, buddy, you sound ball. he's
1: sound for the Olympics.
0: And then, but well, they're driving by in the car and, he, and Raymond shows up the window,
1: buddy, stop fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: trying to then just fucking. Like, Fuck it, he opened the door again. It's flying. Then
1: <laughs> yeah, you just see how uh, fucking Raymond's started like, phone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another The third one, he's dangling. I'm like, I'm trying to get the phone. This prick keeps dangling me. I, like... <laughs> like, don't fucking drop him! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they actually get the phone service, <laughs> their thing's kind of cleared up. Uh, then there's a bit with the coach in the gym, and he's, you know, they like a bit with them. then he's trying to find out who's... whose drugs they stole and everything, and then he starts talking to Ernie, and then the guy called Pride goes, Oi, Ernie, he's there for? Why aren't you training, you black a <laughs>
1: He just called me a black cunt. You are a, you
0: are a black cunt. Like, no, no, don't, don't try and... Th- be, don't be standing around thinking that if that was racist, no. You are a black and you are a bit of a cunt. Yeah, but me being black has nothing to do with me being a cunt. That's two different things. You know, it didn't say you are a black you're cunt because you are a black. He just called you a black a cunt. cunt. You know, yeah, but he's tipsy. I don't call him a pikey cunt. I'm like, huh, well, maybe he'll take it as a sign of affection, you know? <laughs> I, I, in some ways, I would say him calling you a black cunt was a sign of respect. <laughs> <laughs> And then he goes like, "Oh!" And he goes to walk away? He goes, "Oh, I found out who's we took." And now you're fucking telling
1: everyone. Start with their pauses and they're like, "Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Please, just don't tell me it's Mickey Pearson.
0: Oh jeez, are you a fucking gypsy as well? He goes like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and then he goes to He's the. Like,
1: oh God!
0: He goes to oh everyone stands there and goes like, "Oh fuck you stand there the for." And then he goes. Raymond he meets him me and goes like, you know, I like to apologize. Like, not,
1: they're good lads, you know. I like to offer my time until the debts repaid. Yeah, like, look, I can bring your stuff back, but I can't. I can't put you back for the inconvenience. So I can days off my offer you my honor, my time until the debt is repaid. And Raymond barely even looking at me. And he's like, he's like look, just don't help my boys. We're stupid. We uh, didn't mean it. And like Raymond's barely
0: even looking at me. He's like, we can start with who. Telling us, giving us the name of it who he is. Like, once, once we
1: get that, wee bit out the way, we mm-hmm. can talk.
0: And he goes, like I can do a bet on that. And they open up the trunk and he's got dry eyes, basically right hand, my friend going, This is a guy who gave him location, His name's Fuck. Like Fuck like with a P, so it sounded like Fuck.
1: <laughs> I love <laughs> that bit. <laughs> he's,
0: it's like I forget how I can say all the ways he's explaining it. And then he's, you he guys, he takes the, like, I don't know, because Raven immediately recognizes me he's off. I'm like, I need my hair. right am like, Fuck, seal the Fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> Like <laughs> right, and he gives them like and tell, and he tells them what he wants to know what first and then he goes like Alright where's your hell of And then, as soon as they get like, you know, time, the better time before they get one for he just fucks off
1: He fuck well, silly bastard he like, fucks off and thinks he's dead a wise and by jumping around and then you just see them go, Ah fuck and They look they're up to the train tracks and then the fucking train rolls out of them. And then you just see Raymond in the coach, you go Yeah,
0: and oh, then fucking Mickey's not happy, like for fuck's sake, because i will say that follow, after following the buddy ass left, <laughs> she's like, "You're dropping quite a body count now, aren't you?" <laughs> and then they're trying to figure out whether or not because Dry looks for Lord George's main business is heroin, and the idea like, because Mickey seems to be adamant that Dry eye is operating, and the other guy are operating under, under Lord, Lord, Lord George's. Whereas say so. Whereas Raymond's not too convinced he's. Thinking that maybe it's a try going to business for himself, mm. but either way, this needs to be stamped out. So they go to meet Lord George, and he's 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 his, he got a big live feed to a big like horse race mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. He's like, "Hey, Mike, he's like, hey, what you doing? Watching the telly?" And all the way he,
1: actually, he's got easy What you watching on the telly? <laughs> he's like, "I'm watching the horse racing, <laughs> live, beamed live from Hong Kong. It's my only vice."
0: Well, and that's strictly true. I mean, you're drinking tea, caffeine is technically a ice and all that and then <laughs> And then he, he starts talking with the virtues, you know, with his with his business compared to the marijuana business that that weep that Mickey's in and all that and then they start talking asking questions about what happened to Iswav and trying to see if Lord George knows yeah, anything. Yeah. And then it's quite a quite graphic scene that more that more Aww. so than I was expecting. <laughs> Which we almost it's almost so they almost looks at a place in this film. <laughs> I just the, just A little Beetlejuice-esque He projectile vomits this Lord George like, across the thing and then like they like keep like, these guys kind of at bay and then it also cuts to one of Lord George's kitchens being burned down by the same guys that accompanied Raymond to the, the flat earlier on yeah. it's basically a receipt in wrestling terms for <laughs> what happened with, with what? the farm Yeah, and basically he Mickey's well, on the phone letting him know how this is going to go down and everything like basically you know, if you're trying to correct me, I will accept your call call to arms or whatever. No, yeah, like if you fuck with me, I'll yeah.
1: fuck with you worse.
0: Right, and basically says like, yeah, you're looking a little bit under the weather. That's because I had your tea spiked. You do see somebody pour something into a cup as Mickey's walking in, which then turns out to be a tea. He goes, mm. now remember, if I can get to you in your kitchen, I can get to you fucking anywhere. Yeah. I recommend you take these two little fizzy biscuits. You'll feel right as rain a bit. Now, enough time for you to, to consider your past discussions. <laughs> <laughs> Which the Lord George, once he's feeling better, is obviously very pissed off at Dry. We have a little scene where Dry admits that he offered to buy out Mickey Mickey's farm and everything. And mm. and uh, he's usually very unapologetic about it.
1: But And Lord George is all pissed off at him, but when he turns his back, yeah. r- we know Dry Eyes would we- convince someone in Lord George's employ to kill him.
0: Yeah, we don't see it immediately, but we get it flashed back together on because then, which means that someone killed Lord George, like, and he admits he isn't the but we end up seeing that it is Dry Eye. Because like, there's mm-hmm. a guy with Lord George, he points again in Dry Eye's direction, and as Lord George is walking away, as Lord George is past this guy, he's turned around, poof. he's got a sailor on it's by the river and everything. Yeah. And then somebody mysteriously in this who's, car, <coughs> who's also part of a bigger heroin kind of group, mm-hmm. like tells Dry Eye to, like Dry Eye's maybe convincing that Mickey did it, uh, as revenge for the theft farm, mm. so basically tells him that you know, he's the head now, so he should basically get back at Mickey, which leads to the climax all oh, part of the climax. Yeah, because Fletcher even admits he doesn't really quite know how it went down, but he pieces bits together, yeah, like, even though Raymond's like, Oh, you've got quite the imagination
1: there, haven't you? Was that really a little bit where he's like, Ah, well, that's where I got lost because you, you managed to sneak <laughs> away, you might, I lost
0: you. Yeah, because he was kind of outside the pub, kicking the before and he tried to follow him, then they gave him the slip. Uh, and he goes, I'm basing my little climax on the sum of its parts, as he says. Because <laughs> then that's where we go all the way back to the beginning of my girl walking into the pub. Mm. And we assume it's going to be one of Dry Eyes guys, but then, so, because primarily the group has all been Asian people that work right yeah, out know, off. You,
1: you see this silhouette coming in, and then you see, you know... You hear, it's like, <laughs> Like it cut now.
0: Now this time, Michael's conversation started, but it's cut between Rosalind now on the other end and her Roy shop as Dry Eye walks in. Uh, so that paints a bigger picture. And she
1: does the smart thing and drops
0: who it is on the end of the phone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. and then uh, you assume that obviously Fry is coming of him. It's gonna be one of his guys, but you know. And then he either go and show up, but this time it cuts to the barman reacting. And then it still shows Michael on the phone, and he blood just, on his face. I
1: love the fact that he's on the phone and then he just kind of looks behind him. He's like, looks, doesn't he? Then looks up. And then you see Raymond, you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it's some random
0: bald, bald white guy as
1: yeah. well, so we don't know who it is yet. But like,
0: what oh, the fuck that? And then he basically gets in the car, he's sort of driving faster fast as they kind of get to because. Dry uh,
1: yeah, Eyes got one of these guys. Dry Eyes got his
0: wife. <laughs> and now rosal has got this wee paperweight gun and everything. There's two guys, and there's two bullets in here, and she ends up shooting one of them, and so Dry Eyes a bit off. Like, there's not going to be
1: a I love it when she shoot. What was it, the first guy again? Oh, uh, can I can't even remember. Well, what, the big bald one, uh, right? the big bald tubby one, he gets <laughs> shot, and I love the fact that he gets shot, right? He's like, like, I fucking warn you, you take, you take fucking one more step and it'll be your fucking last. <laughs> And she's like, I've got two bullets this thing, so I'm not willing to fucking demonstrate his power, I'm just going to fucking shoot. Yeah. And he steps forward and he's like, right, get her. And so she fires. And the guy stops in at first, I thought, she missed him?
0: Hey, or was that a blank or is something? there's a
1: blank or something, but he stops and he looks confused and then he goes, he puts, there's a wee spot of blood on his finger. And he stands there for a minute. I swear to God, it's like, I'll be, am I supposed to die now or something? Like, he seems so confuddled and then he just kills her. <laughs> well,
0: you had a confusion because a, a tiny bullet just went into your brain. So it's going to be that moment of no, confusion. The but, but,
1: but look on his face like, did she just shoot me in the dome? No, oh, the fuck. Fucking, ah oh, shit, I'm dead now, fuck.
0: But then things get tense because, you know, I think she wasn't thinking of the time until afterwards, but she ends up shooting the other guy. He
1: drops a lot quicker than the big guy.
0: But then, realising she's played her hand by saying there were two bullets and three guys, so now, Try Eye's there, he's got his gun, she's got a gun with no more bullets. Mm, And and then then
1: that fucker beats her up and tries to rape her. As uh, Mickey's car gets... Uh, Mickey's car gets smacked just as she's getting into a melee with that idiot. And, you know, thankfully, Raymond had fastened his seatbelt for, for him, him. Aye. <laughs> He know we are going he's trying to tell like, saying, let me do it for you aye, well, let me he, he's too much here, he's it's, he... it's good to see just despite how fostered Raymond gets he's always looking out for Mickey you oh.
0: know what I mean he's like well, cause we, we skipped over a funny bit here with uh, finding out the connection between Matthew and Dry where the oh, aye, Raymond, aye, aye. Where, where Fletcher's translating had lip read the, uh, the conversation when, when they tried speaking to he's like you play, you play Dry I'll play Matthew and they're like, there's a problem with my Fucking hell, a bit more energy, fragment. And they're like, don't you mess with my octopus? Oh, well, sorry, Matthew's, it's a loose translation. Matthew's Cantonese isn't quite that good. <laughs> and then some cunt, actually, was a guy at you know, the football, kid at a football game, and some guy goes up, mm. comes up in big pen-written letters, some cunt with a big arrow at, at this outline. Just <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Fletcher with a big fuck-off camera up in the press, but... <laughs> anyway so there's that connection earlier on but aye, Matthew talking
1: about his Mossad crabs Ie his henchmen his henchmen mm-hmm. who are who are so useful to him uh-huh. anyway he's limp,
0: very limply when he's he's fucked up obviously he's just been in a fucking crash he's not No, but
1: like, like the adrenaline is too clear because somebody is aye. fucking with his wife
0: and then she's looking terrified it's better, she's like been forced to the deal it's a bit close to her face black cunts about the, the
1: dirty dirty things to her and then she just looks up and goes,
0: Right, babe. And then oh, uh, like, like she goes from terrified to reassured and you know that he's probably there. And then uh, immediately, doesn't even think of it, fucking just Oh, no, no,
1: you, you missed it later sure. because I love that scene because beating her up was one thing. Uh, you know? I mean, she's half good, when he started doing that shit, I was like, you dirty fucker, you uh, would die quickly. You should shoot you in the balls. Uh, you know, but then Mickey shows up and that cunt looks terrified because uh-huh he knows he's pretty much breathed his fucking last mm-hmm. you know and he I love the fact that in that scene he tries to look intimidating you know the sneer he puts on his face and then he just goes oh fuck <laughs> and Mickey, Mickey no emotion in the face no yeah. nothing and he just boom three <laughs> shots Aye. traps the cunt and then he just goes "Well, I love <laughs> 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 you know and you're like yes I'll go <clears throat>
0: But basically, then it cuts back to finally like why Fletcher is here all along and talking about you know, like basically who he believes that.
1: you back at last. Yes, Go in the living room with him, you doing the podcast in the kitchen. Hi. We'll see you when we're done. Okay. <laughs>
0: I don't believe I've ever actually met your mum personally. Oh, yeah,
1: he's a moment. Right, go, 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 Where Let's
0: right? finish. Where were we at? Ah, yeah. Ah. Basically, I think it's something that we could have implied to begin with, and that like, it was basically Matthew giving the information to try Eye, who man, mm.
1: which, like, and primarily is to try the price of the deal down from yeah, 40 he's, million. Yeah, he's to make um, uh, Mickey's business. Uh. Un- unprofitable in a sense And cheaper for him to purchase And then he can try and find a way I think yeah. the idea of
0: being more respectable like The idea of like Mickey's lost control And now a more respectable head in it And he can then turn a profit An even bigger profit Now that he's buying it for cheaper money yeah. And originally As I
1: mentioned Dry Eye was going to be his number two Kind of the role that Raymond has for Mickey But he did not fi- he did not factor in the possibility Of Dry Eye killing Lord George And wanting more power Than what he was just, initially promised. promised
0: so basically, like he wants to take both George's business and Mickey's business all in one fell swoop and, yeah and have it all basically because he's young and too ambitious and all that and basically the idea that like Matthew started all this stuff all this bloodshed this indirect war oh, yeah. led to these these prominent prominent people in the drug world being killed and like and now I know all this information, and I also know how Mickey's business operates and I have all this photographic evidence which I'm going to give all over to you you need to make that little script into a feature film yeah and I think, and I think that's quite reasonable for me to ask for twenty million pounds. Mm. Basically, so like you can do you, all the nasty things you want to me. Might even enjoy a few of them. <laughs> but goes like, but I, but if I don't get my money in the next ten or if something happens to me in the next ten I have my insurance policy. All that goes directly to Big Dave. Yeah,
1: and then and then we get the bit where you know Raymond's like, "No, nah, fuck off! I'm going to bed. Get lost." And then we get like cringy kind of gross huh. back and forth nearly, and then he's like, all "Right, I'll go now." 20 million pounds 72 hours tick tock tick
0: tock <laughs> I do love making proced leaves for himself like yeah he just left so, uh start with uh, sorry big Dave no, like,
1: start with start with big Dave. and
0: I think which is clearly an obvious parallel to a certain big politician being involved with a pig allegedly mm. some years ago <laughs> the, uh, the the uh, coaches lads kidnap big Dave
1: you know, you know, I, I, love, I love it. Can I? Can yeah, I? Sure. He's in there acting smart, man. I feel he usually gets it. Well, before he gets it, his, his you know the suit his driver. Yeah, his driver. son he's like, come on, lads, move the van. Mm-hmm. Move it in a minute, and then he comes out and he's like, he's like, oh, spunk bubble, move the van, <laughs> and, and then he's like, I told you, we'll move it in a minute. And he's like. He knows karate. Oh, and then they all go, watch yeah, no, out, no, lads. Good. Watch out, lads, he knows
0: karate. He knows karate. And then he's like, no, like, what is his name? Uh, oh, okay,
1: I mean, they're like, sorry. Hey, but, like, basically...
0: man, get in the
1: car. Well, you know it's good for you. Get in the car and mind your business. And he's like, sorry, boss. I'm having a blue belt. <laughs> and he gets into the car and he's like, the, the Dave's like, I know I am. Oh, I'm fucking powerful uh,
0: uh, The grab him outside of the building where, Of a newspaper where he's the editor for it, And yeah, no fucker gives a fuck as He's getting dragged
1: into this right, He's just a cunt he's right. like, oh, I'm fucking powerful You can tell us all about that When you're in the back of the van Get in the fucking van
0: That shows him kind of waking up All the shelves as, as the coach yeah, he gets there
1: Wakes up The coach is sitting in the dark of the van and He's I like We need a like, paper He's like They're like Oh well, calm down Calm down He's like but I don't know what's happening. But you just take me back. I'll say that, and He's like, "Don't you worry about it. We'll take you back <laughs> in due time." Mm-hmm. Now your clothes are neatly folded there. <laughs> now these one of these boys goes like two cups of tea for your couch, <laughs> one with sugar, one without sugar. That's good. And he's like, oh, "You're I I I hear you're a reporter." Yeah. He's like. I, I, I've I made this film <laughs> and it involves you Mr. Involves, <laughs> involves you and a certain barnyard animal <laughs> yeah. I do love we, that. we gave you a little drug last night and really loosened up your inhibitions
0: I also love that point I remember that same time the guy who got the DNA to buggers all and as he leaves behind him you can openly see a giant pig oh, a
1: giant, giant pig you know like, you was know guy he's like you see him pull this laptop out. he's like your clothes are folded neatly beside you. Mm-hmm. In a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave you now. In a couple of minutes, you press that space bar. Mm-hmm. Now, you watch the film. No. If you leave Mickey Pearson, if you forget the name Mickey Pearson, mm-hmm. that'll stop this little film project <laughs> getting out. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah, this one's the only day, as
1: long as you forget any no, energy. you forget everything. We use them. Yeah, because uh, as your man... Coach, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, I'm sure I'll be fine." And you just see him in the back, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, th-
0: I think we know what that bit that is, don't we? <laughs> <think. laughs>
1: What's even better is when uh, he was "I showed it to Raymond," and he's sitting <laughs> there going, "Is that Big Dave?" "Is that Big Dave?" "Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You can't unsee it, can you?
0: <laughs> no, no, that's nightmare flu. That'll be with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> Reminds me of the bit of file say where Drew talks again on top of back of the old man as airing like he's the horse like You know the teammates will stay with me for the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
1: <laughs> So anyway, big Dave got pigfuckles duly subdued
0: <laughs> So basically he's like, like I've done three I've done all this things but I'm not a gangster, like I'll do this final thing for you. With no we're mass, do, we're, we're done. Three strikes and we're done. And then basically his next thing was basically to find all of the uh, Flight insurance policies and make sure that Fletcher couldn't get anything for his information, mm. and this is where, the, <laughs> over he sees, uh, he sees uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Fowler like, "Would you mind introduce me to your slightly menacing new friend?" <laughs> and he goes like, what's this book for is it for my money?" And then he goes, "Your payment's in there," and it opens the beginning. It's just always failed now. Like, yeah. well, disappointing. It does not look like twenty million pounds. Like, do have I do have backups? You know. What do you think? This is your dumb shit. Oh, I think well, I think the exact words are. What do you think is in there. You fucking agent? Yeah, like, what do you think is in there? You fucking agent? <laughs> I and mean, basically, so like, I knew all about dry eye and everything. It was like, I've been following you for a long time. So and it shows things where, Fletcher she was like clicking. but yeah, Like
1: very similar our two jobs. Differences, is I'm better at it than you are.
0: Yeah. yeah so not how he doesn't know that Charlie had him as. We keep jumping between the actors' names and the character. Uh, right, we're right, talking right. about. Basically, so like, well, we knew who, but this we did, but all we didn't know is about you know her, just how much Matthew and that. And dry eye knew about everything that was going on. So basically, and I knew you'd let your card down, you let your tongue slip. Once I offered you another bottle of scotch and a fancy fancy little steak, <laughs> and he goes, and It would take us a while to find your little insurance policies. And then it shows him how he takes his shoes off. <laughs> so it was so much easier after I planted that tracker in your shoes. <laughs> and then he starts getting panicky and goes, Could you please tell your mysterious stranger to back down? Because I have very important information. I he he's going on, I think it's very important. <laughs> and then, uh, as far as it goes, he's kind of like we're squared and everything. He goes, "Until we, we, well, until we cross paths again, like and for, hold, respect, I hope we, I hope we never do." Yeah. <laughs> and then our, I think maybe one of McConaughey's best scenes in the film is when he finally confronts Matthew. That bit is phenomenal. He's now moved to a fishing plant where he's hiding these weeks because now he has to set up shop somewhere
1: else. Obviously. But he's he's showing him run the the ins and outs of the operation as he thinks anyway, you know.
0: And I think he's kind of playing dumb because he's trying to let Matthew know because he knows Matthew's tried to lower prices. Though he's letting mate Matthew speak and justify himself before he gives him the money number that he thinks is sufficient. Mm. He was like, "Oh, you know, I think what you know the cost of rent having to set up shop you know, it'll take at least three years to get things up and running. Three years to after all your sites were compromised. So I think what was valued last month is 400 well, it must be around a week, 130. and then you he go. They go
1: into the he's freezer like, and everything. It's a good offer, Michael. <laughs> and I'll, I'll give you that today. you well, offer them hundred. offer them a hundred million today. Oh, no, he's like, I'll give you a hundred today because <laughs> I'm your friend. <laughs> he's like, and then he talks about like Fallen. falling. He's like, <laughs> Matthew McGuire, hey, Mickey. He's like, it's interesting. you use the Domino's analogy yeah, because, yeah. you know they like, I found yours.
0: Yeah. Let me introduce you to the first time he moves back of box, and There's dry eyes. It's like, uh, fucking cops. And
1: he's like, and like, who? And he's like who is this man?
0: You can tell by his face, he's about feeling, him but trying not to uh, show. He's
1: trying show. not to show. He's like, and who
0: is this man? Are you are you doubting your relationship to this uh, frozen Chinaman? <laughs> well Before that, though, he says he thinks his best line was like, it's all very convincing. You make a convincing point when he's talking about giving me other uh, It seems you've made one mistake, which is, you seem to have mistaken me for some sort of a cunt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he says it so casually. I know. But like at that point you can say it's casual but <laughs> it's menacing too. <laughs> eh? It's like yeah. you know, mind I said about through film he's like yeah. calm collected but it's always simmering mm-hmm. at that point, considering what had subsequently yeah. happened up to mm-hmm. that point, yeah. it was definitely the lid was wobbling. Yeah. He
0: <laughs> comes there, basically he lays out the fact and basically well lets Mad you know like he knows everything everything, and he comes out, he sees Mickey's kinda of eyes like up bunny there and everything he goes like don't bother looking for your Musa crowds. It's a fish market, they found a home. Yeah. these <laughs> like, are your boys are fucking no, done. Yeah, no, your boys are done. <laughs> and because they talks about like, me like, hmm, so I th- there's clearly a price to be paid here, and given your recent recent uh, pitch, 130 million minus, 400 million minus 130 is around, that price seems to be 270 million, which you will pay me in full today. Yeah. Uh, uh, you will go in that freezer there, and you will not be released until you pay that money. And it goes, you know, your fingers will the frostbite will stay after a few minutes which will hinder, hinder your fingers
1: no he's so. like get it done no well, you had the use of them. Like, now and I want you to know I am not mad about the money mm-hmm. but I am mad about someone laying their hands on my wife yes my wife <laughs> which there's no, well, no we, amount of money that there's can no do, amount of money that can co- cover that so I will require a pound of flesh and he picks up and a and very he's sharp like, knife pound of flesh and he's like yes Matthew a pound of flesh It makes no difference to me on which part of your body it comes from (laughs) but a penny less or a pound less or a penny less or a gram shy Uh, a penny less or a gram shy
0: (laughs) and that freezer does not open if you are not you have the stomach to do it remove it yourself Bunny here is quite a tipped with a butcher knife. <laughs> he, yeah, he is dressed from the cold. Aye, he's, he's got a uh, massive big coat. Big and gloves it. and such. Guess if you'd see somebody who works in the fr- in the f- big freezer, beware. Well. Mm. <laughs> Sitting there. I think he's reading the paper again as well. <laughs> <laughs> like Bunny, like, he likes
1: like, the paper. Aye.
0: Well, the paper and the gym. That's what we know about Big
1: Bunny. And cutting up dickens like Matthew. Yeah.
0: yeah we still here, we, we see Matthew in the freezer. we never see him again I think the open end is of like what happened and where the flesh came from or whatever like he's got the money and everything, but like again it's more about what happened to his wife and everything because mm-hmm. of the dominoes that he knocks fucking down no, I... but then I don't know you. Are. I think this is why I think Gary Richie's is had something whether it was a sequel or a series uh, planned because of the open end because then this sudden extra bit comes in with the uh, with Fletcher trying, with to, Fletcher trying to fog his wee script. Right, well, oh, no, with Fletcher trying to give, trying to tell him like, right, get out of these wee creative and it like, wasn't it wasn't them who came after him in the pub, wasn't Dry Eye or Lord
1: George or Matthew. It was the Russians because of what happened to because Aslan. Because Aslan, as it turns out, is the son of a very wealthy Russian oligarch. Uh huh. Who's all pissy about the fact that it was Math uh, Mickey's doing, mm. but. Uh, well, stuff. technically, Mickey's doing that his son died, mm-hmm. and he only found that out because Fletcher couldn't keep his little fucking mouth shut, because uh, so, Fletcher figured he was going to take money from Mickey, uh. take money from Russians, mm-hmm. and then get away from other things. Well, we found out, obviously, that the stuff with Dry Eye in the pub, uh, no,
0: Dry Eye, the stuff in the pub, and then the chase after Dry Eye came before Raymond came to Fletcher, Fletcher uh. came to Raymond's house. Because he said the original plan was to get money off the Russians only after the deal was done, but Raymond also took out the Russian guy came and kill Mickey in the pub. Yeah. And so he came up with his second plan, where he would bribe the £20 million off of Mickey off of Mickey, and get it from Raymond, and then that same day the Russians would come, clean shop, take out Mickey, take out Raymond and everyone else, and then get paid from them, double bubble basically. Mm. <laughs> and then he keeps shifting around looking at his watch like, why do you keep looking at your watch?" When, well. uh and she's play to my other line, you know, the Russians, you know, they're going kind to of have to clean up shop and that, that includes you. you. And then he goes, don't. Do it. But surely I would technically say, oh, would you know, we not I everything, I should say you mine, shouldn't it? Yeah, you like, Don't you fucking move. You get on the phone as, uh, also the coach is getting a phone call for his wainsuit, pals, no, like, who haven't learned their fucking lesson. Like, cause, cause this, not only, mi- this
1: Mickey Pearson thing, we're going to fix it for you. I don't
0: like the sound. And then they hang up and then Colin Farrell sees the Russians heading in and go through the gate. Which again... It was bad enough you stole from Mickey and so now you're tailed, but now your whole plan is to shoot him, <laughs> originally. Like, are you guys fucking dense?
1: Yeah, but I love the fact that, like, obviously these two Russians are coming in, <laughs> and Raymond is like, ah, oh, fuck. And he looks, out, and he hears the like, gunshots, uh-huh. so he goes running out with a gun, he uh-huh. sees the two Russians dead, and the and th- coach with a gun, and he just goes, that's... That's four. He's three, like, four, man. And you're like, see... So you- <laughs> I done you an extra. And then but uh,
0: before that Raymond did send a text to Michael saying, don't get in the car and don't get in the car. And then the car. And he goes, Dave, and then he goes, no Dave. And oh the like, big rush too. again? Dave. Dave? <laughs> no, no Dave. And then apparently the plan was to shoot Michael in his car but by the like guys who work for the coach. So they get in the car start fucking firing a big automation. Yeah. But luckily, Miguel dies in, so they end up taking out the rushes for him and allowing him to escape. Yeah. And then immediately cuts to Fletcher going, so, they shut up the van, cut to titles. And then uh, the guy behind the desk is all like, oh, uh, what happened to me? Going, oh, there's uh, a, surely has to be an end in there. No, what you need, my friend, is a sequel. sequel. Now, you have a little thing of that, you know my quote, I'm to La La Land to talk to the competition. And then again, it's a big like Maramax logo, so it's the Maramax Studios he, yeah. he went to. And as I said, there was that poster in the background. And he, he
1: jumps into his black cab, and he's like, like airport, please. <laughs> and then, because he enters himself by like, saying, "Boris is to Ray. Ray's like, "One is to run. Ah, and know.
0: Many vacations, aren't you? Immediately tries to
1: get then he's, like, He realises, oh no, I'm fucked. And yeah. as, as Fletcher said to Ray Dillon,
0: I want you to play a game with me, Fletcher. <laughs>
1: and then you just cut cuts it. It's like, Ryan has got Fletcher.
0: And then Mickey's doing his same and all, but then I to think my queen taught me of that. Mm. And then he goes, any chance? And it's then the door Uh Mickey ends up by keeping his empire, getting his revenge and his whole all-in-one swoop. Plus Fletcher is probably going to get at the, horribly, very, at the very, beaten. At the very least, he's going to get his ass hand kicked. At the very worst, I, he's going to get
1: killed. I personally think, considering the huck, the ruckus he caused, that I, I, I think it's going to be worse than a beaten. Oh yeah, he's probably going to die. He may, he may have to give his own pound of flesh potentially. I believe so. But we have come to the end of a review and a reaction to the gentleman. Yeah. Oof. I've got to say, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I think it is a fan- it's fantastic film. from the action in the film, the mm-hmm. like acting from all involved, it's a phenomenally good film. Mm-hmm. And it's rare for me to say that. I mean, this is a modern film. This is only a two-year-old film.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't usually in this day and age get that like, excited about movies. And I I love this movie. I could watch this movie like if you were to start, if you were to make me like a Guy Ritchie triple movie box set. Yeah, Lock, Stock, Snatch gentlemen. I think we'd have a very suitable, that'd be a suitable three pack there. I think so. You know, like, if you you were to say to me, like, out of all the films Guy Ritchie's made, what are your top three? It'd be Uh. Lock, Stock, Snatch, Gentlemen. Mm -hmm. That would be my... And that order downwards or upwards?
0: Like, from one to three or three to one, in terms of...
1: uh, Well, if you're talking about least... And least watched to most watched I would probably put it like a saying Lockstock Snatch Gentleman. Ah. Because like I'm watching the gentleman a lot more now and I kinda watch Snatch to Death enough that I could quote that movie. <laughs> I've not watched Lockstock enough, a lot, but I really do like Lockstock, you know i 'Cause I'm 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 as fond of like like Matthew McConaughey, his animal like at Jason Statham and shoot, so it's a, <laughs> it's all cool. Like, I love Hugh Grant now. Yeah. I I was not the biggest fan of his dopey charming English toffiness yeah but gritty wee pervert and gangster movies I could could deal with that you know gritty wee ratty pervert
0: yeah what about you? what do you mean?
1: well where do you stand on it? because I give Uh, this film you know how we always give films ratings yeah 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 I give this a oh yeah I I, give this a solid double thumbs up
0: I would too because like again I'm not the biggest I don't have the biggest knowledge on Gairochie's Back in that I know films the films that he has done. Yeah. In terms of I have not watched all the main films he's watched. I've seen the Sherlock Holmes films, I've seen a few others, I've seen this. And this from the ones I've seen stands out to me. Although that I don't like this kind of genre and everything, but I like films like this that keep like, you guessing has, has has quite a few things I enjoy. Like quite a bit of humour, like uh, dialogue that keeps me intrigued and Good see, drama. Yeah, and also the bit at the end where you wouldn't know know like it seems like given everything that was happened with the Russians that Fletcher knew about that the stuff with the car and the, the toddlers as they referred to shooting it up yeah. would have happened. But we also don't know quite how Fletcher would know that bit happened. So again, even up to the end you're questioning like how much of this actually happened and how much fit is Fletcher's exaggeration yeah, to yeah. try and sell yourself. So being kept guessing even up to the very end and the open endedness of some bits towards the end really help help me it's yeah, like yeah. it'd be nice to get a sequel sometimes to these kind those kind of films, of film. But sometimes even if you don't get them, you're some you're always Okay yeah, with that, well. know,
1: it works for both kinds of people. You know what I mean? Because, like you say, you get like most who would say, like, if you get a sequel, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But you get people like me, like, even if there was a sequel, I'd say, well, you know what? Enjoy your sequel. I'm good with the, I'm yeah. good with the one. Yeah, you know, the one was good for me. I would ruin it otherwise.
0: Because I, I do think I think in film. People forget when there's a sequel or a reboot of a film. People seem to act as if the sheer existence of it erases the original film from existence. When really it doesn't. No, 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 no. It's it's, just because something a new version of something you know exists doesn't mean you have to watch it the same yeah, way. Yeah,
1: you don't have to watch it. You know, like if people want to express art in a way, then let them do it. You don't have to take any head of it. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, 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 look, I think i enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed watching this again. I will enjoy watching
0: it again I'll, this evening. I admit it. I'll, I'll watch just, it again. I'll definitely watch it several more times in the future. I don't know if I'll watch it again tonight, but maybe like,
1: we'll do it, we'll it like, gentlemen.
0: Gentle. But, but, but like outside of like playing Esca-
1: off
0: what <laughs> <laughs> Outside of like the uh the eclectic essay board we'll definitely be covering films in that. I definitely want to do more film related reviews I not only do I like going through some of the intricate bits and like, oh I like this little bit here, what so and so to do this particular year, but I also like doing the bit that I do at the start where like it where I find the behind the scenes yeah, the yeah. there's a scandal, there's intrigue behind the making of it, I like to find it and talk about it. Scott, like Scandal Scandal mm, Scandal That won't be like You grant about And that's for 20 million And all that shit Yeah Black hearted Cunt you Thank okay. <laughs> you Well I think That's uh, thing we can't Bring this little Story to an end This little Part one of our Fifth anniversary Celebration to a close Fifth Fifth yes Five time, five time, five time. That'll down be pretty. We'll be <laughs> back next week for our finale of season six of Frasier. Which is weird given that we're about to start season seven and in the timeline of in the timeline of the SmackDown where we were reviewing, we're about a month away from season eight debuting at that point. is in Wow. Fall of two thousand is when season eight where because obviously your ran up till mid two thousand and four. yeah was yeah, yeah. so there you go. Uh, well, a for you. Uh so it's interesting how they parallel. May we, we get to a point where we are reviewing season eight or whatever season in line from when it's heading on the SmackDown yeah, 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 well, that'd, be cool. that'd be a weird combination. Um, a weird a weird parallel. Speaking <laughs> of which you can make sure to follow the last Check out the last five years worth of content if you feel so inclined. And I'll go down to podcast sites, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, wherever you choose. Here, you can also catch the of Things feed where I'm on there with some shows like No Lokes Bad, Pod Easy, Roger alongside Paul. Hello. And <laughs> some other good stuff over those guys. You can find both feeds on uh, the same podcast sites. We're available on follow RogerBains at Rogue on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at SPL, and Follow me at ScumGlin96. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash. Rambling Podcast Is there Rambling. any films that you'd like us to review Anything that you'd like us to talk about Let us know uh, on the social media let platforms. Us know, we'll get back to you Eventually some, At some point in the future Our people will tell us and we'll get back to you and your people If you have people Yeah,
1: It's good to have people And if you ever believe we have people You're insane, we have no people <laughs> well, well, we'll bring this
0: to a close Look forward to the next few weeks What we got planned to celebrate the anniversary And I've got some ideas for the end towards the end of the year we're gonna have a lot of woop, great content woop, there. Woop, woop. and hopefully
1: more years of great rambling content yeah, for you. By the time we get to the end of our run, you'll be old and dry and bitter and forgotten. <laughs> I think we're, we're both halfway there. Yeah actually. Our lives ruined by years of online podcastiness. You, <laughs> Scott, you will be a bitter broken alcoholic. I'm better now. i partly broken now. Are you an alcoholic
0: yet? Oh, yeah. A few more years... Still tell A more years in with you, maybe. I'll help you out. Until
1: then, bye-bye. See ya. Man, I have to take off the door. Pull up in a thing. Go straight for the hole in the floor with the toddlers. Don't know what you thought by the end of the night. You'll be picking up your jaw. Plants, yes. not ten or twenty. Went up in a crop gaff with eggs benny. Man's egg got cracked and his legs went jelly. Just know that we're leaving the room with every last penny, no joke Man don't boast, just know it's over when you see ghosts Spinning back kick might take off your nose Man don't want that smoke Big elbows to the top of the dome Man don't want that smoke, nah And I'm Ernie, the left hand's fast but the right hand's sturdy They know I've been bad from early. your little headlock can't hurt me I'm fighting dirty, Jim you already know, man, can't fuck with him When it comes to this fighting thing. man, I headbutting Putting the double leg takedown. Prime times like Joe Rogan with the MMA breakdown And once everybody's sleeping, it turns into a playground All buds, no dust Boxes and boxes and boxes with the toddlers that you get dumb. Boxes of bush All buds, no dust Boxes and boxes and boxes with the toddlers that you come Boxes and bush